What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Gang. And that's you. For being in here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome to Wednesday's Facts Over Feelings live stream where we kick the facts. And we don't give a fox about your feelings. Great show for you lined up today. We're going to go down memory lane and tell you the world's most coldest new, 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 new world. divorces. Some of these stories you've heard, some of these stories you haven't heard, but we're going to put some of these together and let you know that there is a cold, cold, evil world out there. If you think CG, evil world we live in. If you think CGA is cold, listen to some of these stories we're going to share with you later on in today's show. We're also going to have a young woman crying that she's never had a boyfriend, but do you believe her? Does she need more people? We're also going to have a doom and gloom CGA segment and a short straggle and sniggle situation here. So do me a favor, strap in, hit the like button, and get ready for the best edutainment here on YouTube because you in here with the Bruce Wayne of this ish, the king of kings, the king of content, and the speaker of truth, yours truly, the notorious one, a.k.a. Mr. Coachellini, better known as the prognosticator, Coach Adamus, and you're in the Desert Storm Bunker. With the Chocolate Confucius, also known as Mr. EWF, Every Woman's Fantasy, and the whole effing show. The Morpheus of the Matey Matrix, also known as Gregorio Greybeard. The best edutainment here on YouTube. The Black Moses of this. Okay, and whatever else. And the eight-time demonetized champion, also known as Sea God Allah CGA. All right, anyway, Mr. Doom and Gloom is back. And we got a great show for you today. We're going to try to keep the humor up. All right, because I went in on people earlier today. And uh, anyway, to contribute to today's show, dollar sign the notorious CGA on the cash app, Vimo Coach Greg Adams TV, PayPal, paypal.me backslash Coach Greg Adams, and add it be pinned to the top of the live chat on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. And you can super chat on the notorious new, 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 new CGA channel. Hey. Mr. Fixes Binds LLC, the CEO Negro of Fixes Binds LLC. I forgot about that one. The Unbinder, the Undebatable. And anyway, the best edutainment here on YouTube. Ostradamus. Yeah, man. Hey, man. We're going to get it in here. We got a great show for you lined up. Let me see if there's some early, early contributors to today's show. Oh, there is. Oh, my goodness. Shout out to uh, Tony. Wait a minute. Can I say your name, Tony Terrell? There used to be a singer named Tony Terrell back in the 80s. Do you remember him? I think he used to sing a song, uh, Tony Terrell. Did he sing? When I'm with you, I see a star. You are my light, my star, my shine. I, think, I can't remember the name. But that's you, Tony Terrell. Shout out to Tony Terrell in the middle. When I'm with you, I just want to smile. Well, shout out to Tony Terrell in the building here. He's here. Okay, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's him. And he says, thanks for everything you do. Who remembers that? All right, now I don't remember that. Y'all some youngins. Oh, it's Tony Terry. Okay, I'm wrong. Anyway, you know, me with names. Tony Terry. All right, anyway. Tony Terrell, Tony Terry. All right. It is what it is. <laughs> new, 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 new world order. All right. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> shout out to, <laughs> thank you for the correction, by the way. Shout out to Principi. Coach went through YouTube sensitivity training. I did. And I passed. But we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> All right. Listen, man, I tried. I tried. I went through YouTube sensitivity course, man. And I'm telling you, 
All right. They needed a man with sensitivity. Uh. <laughs> a man like me. Someone who can love you. I'm singing already, man. Hey, shout out to Tony Terry. All right, what do we got here? Mr. Andrew Grove says just paying dues to the GOAT and a little Petro for the 9-11. Shout out to you, man. Thank you, brother, for being there, man. Shout out to Steven. He's actually going to give us an update. He says, CGA, you were right. They'll always need you before you need them. Just since my ex-wife, he says, just since my ex-wife owes $360 for her cell phone bill, which you presume to be off, And if she can't afford this, how was she going to afford to move to Wyoming from North Carolina? She needs her phone to drive Lyft. Go ahead and give her an L. And uh, your ex-wife is... Let you get it through your thick skull that I'm broke. Yep. Dead, flat, stony broke. Uh Uh-huh. I've got $3.85 in my... And as we know, man, women don't see themselves as broke. They just see themselves as not dating the right man or at least not married to the right man. Okay, uh, they could have their cell phone bill off. You know, the, the crazy things that women do when they broke, <laughs> they be broke as hell, man. They be doing some funny-ish when they broke. You know, they sell a little puss. When I start selling pussy, I don't want to hear it. And the other thing they do is they literally be like in dire straits financially. And we always tell this joke, but they literally be in dire straits. They're, they They do things that, you could not get away with as a man. Like if you broke and you're any of these things, your phone turned off. Hey, what kind of deadbeat are you? You know what I mean? So they get, they, women get to be broke to an extent that, you know, we give them a pass. Oh, poor thing. What's wrong? Tell, t- tell me, tell me what's wrong. What, what type of financial situation you be in? They need $425. They'll call 10 people and get 20 from each person. Okay. And still be show. You're like, man, tell me what happened. Well, I can't afford to feed my kids. And my transmission is slipping. And my tags are expired. And I got a ticket for illegal tent. I also have an IRS trying to collect for me. My student loan payments are in forbearance. My check engine light is on. The oil light. My brake light is out on the right. My headlight is out on the left. My rent is due. Your rent's due, motherfucker. <laughs> and you be sitting there like, yep, wow, damn that. Tires balding. Kid about to get kicked out of private school. You like. <laughs> you be like, yeah, Lord, have mercy. Like they'll have 18 things together. Not one, because I always tell a woman come up and they want me to fix fix their mind. I'll be like, okay, tell me what your really your financial issue. Tell me what it looks like, because they like, I'm really not doing that bad. Okay, tell me what's going on. You know, I'm just behind like, I'm just short like $200 on rent. That's all, just $200. I might get evicted like tomorrow, but I just need a quick $200. You'll be like, $200? That's it? Say no more. Grab your ankles. You know what I mean? You're like, let's get that in. You know what I mean? Every now and then, I come up short too. So I understand your pain. (laughs) 
Roar! All right. <laughs> you be like, that's cool. Okay, here you go. $200. I think. And then they be like, oh, uh, yeah, you got a little bit extra. My dogs haven't eaten in a minute. You're like, hold up. Oh, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait, your dogs haven't eaten in a minute either? I thought you was a. Uh... <laughs> I'm sitting. And then they're like, oh, I do have this thing with my muffler. You're like, wait, whoa, whoa. You said you only needed 200. <laughs> this is crazy. You only needed 200. Now you in a super bind. Your phone cracked screen. Your phone about to get turned off. Like, oh, man. This is crazy. <laughs> You're like, well, ew, boy, go ahead back in here. We got to fix that bind. Round two. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> Somebody said, "Oh man, like look." Well, you have a friend. This is crazy. Oh man, yeah, they they're more like two, and and I'm just telling you, they not even in two thousand dollars worth of buying. They be in like twenty five thousand dollars worth of buying. I mean, they be in here just one after the other, medical bills, just like, holy mm. man. Oh, man, it's tough being a lady, man. It's tough. It's tough. Oh, man, let me see here. What are we doing here? <laughs> Jesus. It's a cold, cold world and the evil world we live in out here, man. It's evil. It's an evil world we live in. All right. Delta Fox says, two people going to be fired from my job. Oof. One makes $400,000 who can't use Microsoft Office and the other one for credit card fraud. He was using the company card to stay on resorts for client meetings. Oh, no, man. My brother was out here. He had money. I got money. Client meetings. He was staying at resorts for client meetings. He was using the company card to charge hotels to meet with junior college girls. This is wild. Man. And the other person that's going to get fired, 400K a year. Woo-wee. Oh, man, that's going to be a hard wake-up call. Steven says, uh, Stephen White says, she said she'll pay back to 360. Mm. Forget about it. Forget about it, man. She's going to pay back the 360 back on the first when she gets her disability payment. From the veteran affairs. Oh my God, man. Just ring the bell. It said right here, I'm not expecting it back. She has my kids. That's why I sent it. Like what? They get away with doing some straggle shit. First of all, if you give um, money to a woman, just consider it gone. Uh, can I borrow? Here. If you, listen, I don't suggest that you do it. But, um, if, in fact, you give or loan money to a woman, never ask for it back. It ain't coming back. They in a bind. You know what I mean? Just take it out of their hind parts. <laughs> I mean, listen, I know people are mad, but look, just take it out of her hind parts. I mean, but it's your ex-wife, so I know you probably don't want any hind parts of her. Ask, gas, or cash. This is despicable. It's not, it's not, don't ever, don't ever think they're going to pay it back. Just consider that shit a gift. Write it off on your taxes. 
and just just get her social security number and claim her ass as a dependent. <laughs> All right, there's no loaning women money. Like she already in a bind. All right, I do get my check. And then when it happen is, and then when she get her hands on that check, she gonna get her dirty paws on that check, and you gonna see her. She gonna be holding a check, and you gonna look, and you like, hey, bitch, you gonna give me my money back? Oh my god, you're just. I know you're not gonna ask for your funky little three hundred and sixty dollars. You're gonna have funk. You're gonna really take your funky old here. Here's your and then she'll take some crusty ass bills. She was gonna go give to a crack dealer. All right, and she'll roll them back to you. Here's your funky $360. She's going to be broke tomorrow. Broke. Broke. Man, please. Just. And I tell you, don't give these bras any money. But listen, if you already took it out of your high, her high parts, you might want to go ahead and give her fork over the money before she start extorting you. <laughs> you really? Oh, this is disgraceful. What kind of man are you to give uh, want your money back? <laughs> All right, where we at? <laughs> yep, she going to shame you. You're just a low-quality human being. I said I would pay you back. You didn't even have to ask for it. But since you asked for it, I think you're despicable, and I'm only going to give you half back. So, man, these people, man, they're, they're, they're children with breasts. Just so you know, a shout-out to Chronicles of Junior. They're just children with breasts. Like, you, got, you can't take them serious in life. And it, it took me years to figure it out. I kind of knew it. I, I, I tried to just, they're, they're, like, they're like children out here. They're like, imagine like in the wild, remember? Well, you don't remember. But when we were in an uncivilized world, they literally was like out in the wild. Like women out in the wild. They just don't know what to do with them. What are you supposed to do with these things? You know what I mean? You grab them like a toy. All right, I guess we can do something with this. Send them back out there. They start screaming and yelling. They all at night, all cold, shivering. <laughs> Saber-toothed tiger coming, hunting them down. They screaming, ah! ah! I guess I'll keep her in my hut. Want to come in here? I got a nice uh, warm bear skin. I got a rug, a lion rug. Want to come in here? All right, here we go. Grab them ankles real quick. <laughs> all right. She in there by the fire. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you for letting me stay. Oh, ask gas or cash, baby. Uh, this, no one rides for free. So uh, how you paying? <laughs> the woolly madness stalking them. They all going crazy. Ah! <laughs> right? Saggy waggies just flopping around. They running around for the tiger. Hey, you can stay in here if you want. I got a warm bed right here. It's rock bed, but uh, come on through. Why don't you come through? <laughs> so does he get in there she's like uh yeah thank you for letting me stay you're really a nice caveman well um no one rides for free though if you want to stay in the bed <laughs> she's like huh what you want to put what in what uh no 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 this is what we gonna have to do <laughs> look <laughs> you want to stay here I'll toss your ass at back out there <laughs> with the goddamn Willie Mammoth. Go ahead and take your ass out. But going out there, going out there. All right. Oh, that you see them big ass crocodiles and shit. You see them? Okay, staying on in here. <laughs> she had to drop that deck. She was like, she was the first one that realized what barbecue was. It's barbecue in there. You're like, I got barbecue in here, and it's gonna be barbecue. You gonna drop that neck? 
<laughs> Jesus. This show is off the rail. This is off the rail already. But just a little bit of history. Drunk history by CGA. <laughs> yep, stay out there with the coyotes and the wolves. Going out there. It's cold as hell out there, but uh, have at it. Or you can stay here. Choose. You want to die or you want to live in here in the warmth? <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, anyway, she was like, damn, man. Okay, all right. The first woman that was in the bind. The first woman in the bind, she was like, I'll stay here. I thought you made a good decision. He's just using her as a toy, whatever he wants. She's like, this is not a good deal. I need to charge better. Okay, you can go back out there. Mm. All right, but uh, anyway. (laughs) Oh, man. The first caveman sugar daddy. I got money. Hey, man, relationships were transactional always. Always transactional from the beginning. Tit for tat. You scratches my back, I scratches your back. All right, anyway. It's like we can do something with them. We can make use of them. All right, where we at here? (laughs) You can die or stay in here warm. That's your choice. And really, that's the choice today for many relationships. You know what I mean? The woman out there broke, floundering, bankrupt, in a bind. They're like, you can stay out there and die, or you can come in here and have warmth. Which one do you want to do? I'm a strong, independent cave woman. Okay, all right. You made your choice. <laughs> oh, no. All right, man, this is crazy. Hey, man, look, let me do a couple more Super Chats. C3 Augusta says, you forgot Gregorio Cunningham Rothschild. The how many here? The what? The 19th. All right. Shout out to you. Oh, yes. All right. Andre416 says late to class. Shout out to CGA and the coach gang. We in here. All right. Let's get to doom and gloom CGA. Thank you, sirs, for the early contributions. All right, Doom and Gloom CGA, we got a couple stories here that we want to run by you. Uh, one of the stories here that I always talk about and let people know about, man, I tell y'all, get some sleep. All right, people be like, but I'm a night owl. All right, okay. All right, but I always tell you there's something funny about night owls and people that work the third shift. Apparently, there's new data out here, and I'm just sharing this. I don't believe, you know, listen, take it for what it's worth. I'm just sharing it with you. Um, and uh, there's very book, various books on this, but it says people who sleep very late may die earlier due to unhealthy habits. This is according to a study. They do study these sleep studies, and there is a great book uh, related to this talking about resetting your time clock or, or, or something like that, which is hard to do. But it says night owls face a slightly higher risk of developing unhealthy habits and potentially dying earlier than uh, early risers, a new study says. Ah, conducted over 37 years with data from the Nearly 23,000 twins in Finland. That sounds like a good time. All right. It's in female fans. It says the research uh, examined the impact of individuals' natural sleep inclinations or chronotypes on their health. Their findings indicate that the higher risk of death associated with being a definite night owl was uh, primarily due to increased tobacco and alcohol consumption. So, yeah, if you staying up late, you're like, oh, I'll have a drink. I'll smoke. I'll do a toke. I'll toke a bowl. 
I'll smoke a cigar. I'll I'll smoke a cigarette. So you are more likely to um uh smoke cigarettes or smoke tobacco and consume alcohol rather than the chronotype itself, which potentially uh implications for society at large. Uh whatever I said. Yes, reading with CGA. But um, yeah, there it is right there. So unhealthy habits this is going to lead you to having a heart attack. They're talking about, of course, when you when you're up late, what do you do? You want to eat, right? And then you don't burn the calories. You sleep the calories on. Yeah, man, I can see how that works. And I'm definitely an early riser, right? I'm an early riser, so I tend to sleep really early. I tend to be done, and I'm definitely more oriented to the sun rising, as you guys know. We talked about that. All right, but uh, yeah, anyway, uh, next doom and gloom story. Atlanta Travelers says plainclothes DEA agents seize their cash at the gate after they pass security checks. All right, uh, is this the bag of cash? Oh, give me the loot. Give me the loot. I'm a bad, bad wowzers. Plainclothes DEA agents are accused of seizing innocent travelers money. At Atlanta's Hartfield International Airport during drug seizures and drug searches right there. And uh, Pookie, are you sure you're innocent? Mm. No, I don't want to stereotype the guy. He's an honest working guy here. He just looks like Pookie. And he looks like a Cartello Pookie. Like a Puerto Rican Pookie. All right. Or a Dominican Pookie. All right. So he running money. And uh, yeah, when your money knotted up like that in a hairband, that's probably suspicious. <laughs> that might be a little suspicious. Yeah, I might think they're going to search you like that. And did your girl have a little bit of saran wrapped under her titty too? Did they seize that too? <laughs> Ninja like, they took my money all knotted up right here. All right, anyway, what's going on here? He said, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. All right, travelers in Atlanta have been have accused plainclothes drug task force officers of unfairly targeting them and seizing millions in cash. Millions? <laughs> what the hell? Hey, man. Hey. <laughs> millions in cash? By the way, um, I think, what is the limit of traveling with cash? Limit traveling with cash. I always get this wrong. Because I ain't never, I don't have a job, so I wouldn't know. If you're traveling on an international flight and have more than $10,000 in your possession, you might you must disclose it the amount to the US currency um in possession right there okay right here. What about domestic? On a domestic flight, no rules require you to disclose carrying $10,000 or more. Oh, there it is. So domestic flight uh there's no rules. You don't have to disclose it, but international is 10k. International is 10k. All right, so there you go right there, because I always wanted, wanted to know that. So you could carry the million. So I don't know where these guys were going, uh, if they were going international or not. But it says law enforcement in the task force, which includes U.S. DEA agents and Clayton County police, walk gate to gate at the Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport without warrants, searching travelers' bags for drugs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If that's legal, is that legal? But the task force rarely finds drugs and instead seizes wads of cash without making arrests. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What, what is that? So they don't make the arrest. They just take the money? Mm. Yeah, that's kind of funny acting. Even if you were guilty, that's funny. 
Uh, Atlanta News First published videos of plainclothes officers conducting drug searches in Atlanta's airport. One shows a man in jeans and a backpack standing over a traveler's unpacking his bags in front of a crowd at the gate. Yeah, that's an L right there. That sounds like that sounds like they're stealing the money. Straight jacket. Yeah, they sound like they're stealing the money. And and they're not arresting them, giving them search serving search warrants. They're not, they're not, they're not um giving them citations. They're not pulling them to back rooms. Yeah, man. It sounds like what happens is um, it says right here, are you high? Have you smoked? Or do you do any drugs? Do you have any money? By the way, when I went to, where did I go to recently? I think it was uh, Italy. When I was there, uh, some people stopped me when I got my luggage. Where was I at? I can't remember what it was. I think I was going to Rome. But, um, you know, they did stop me. They like, you know, they got me. They watched me get my bag. As soon as I got my bag, they stopped me. They was like, but they, they didn't stop a lot of people, but they jumped in front of me. Asking if I had cigarettes, right? You know what I mean? Straight jacket. Because, you know, a lot of people, you know, they steal cigarettes and they, they, um, they, they have a cigarette mafia. That's how Dino Bravo got shot up. So, yeah, man, um, it sounds like a criminal organization. It sounds like they're doing something else. Straight jacket. And they're just taking people's money and people want to know how, they, how do they know that you got money? Well, that money has a tag on it. All the money has a tag on it. And uh, that tag can be seen on your dollar bills. If you look at your dollar bill, there's a strip, that blue strip. That's going to alert people that they got money in there. Yeah, yeah. I got money. And, um, yeah, what you call it, um, uh, the, the people there, the uh, TSA alerts, and then be like, they got the money. And, yeah, that's kind of weird. That's kind of weird, yeah. All right, yeah, the cigarette guy. I can't remember where I was. I can't remember where I flew in. It was a connecting flight, too. But it just slipped my mind. It slips my mind. And, yeah, the cash-sniffing dogs and all that. And I actually, yeah, the dogs do come through the line before you go through TSA. They figure out you got some cash, man. And it sounds like they're taking it. That's kind of whack. All right, that's kind of whack. Uh, next doom and gloom story right here is going to be a story of a husband who found bodies of his wife and his kids in a self-deletion deletion. Oh. All right, this is another infanticide story. He says he's dead on the inside. Ring the bell. Nancy Johnson drowned Mia, age five, and Jacob, age two, in the bathroom before hanging herself. This is a sad story. Okay, they do have a video, but it says a devastated father who's estranged wife. That means they were separated. They were about to divorce. Uh, deleted their two children in Alabama last week amid a toxic custody battle. And he says he's a broken man. What do I tell you about these stories? These stories do not get fed to the public quite often. Oftentimes, when there's a custody battle, amid custody battles, pending a divorce, or at least prolonged custody battles, you can almost guarantee that if a child dies, the mother did it. The mother did it. She will take the children out with her. There are stories are men doing this as well, but overwhelmingly, if you look at the data, women be killing their kids. They'll kill them instead of uh, giving the kids over to the father. So it's, it is a sad thing. This is another case. I've been sharing many, many stories and videos about this, and here's another one. He said, I'm dead in the inside. Derek Johnson told Fox News Digital, I feel lost. And he says, I have nothing, absolutely nothing. And I don't know how I'm ever going to recover. I just know 
that. I'm going to miss them all. Derek found his wife, age 37, Nancy Johnson, Jacob 2, Mia 5, inside the family home on September 28th in Simis, or Simis, about 20 miles from Mobile. And there's the lovely uh, children here. He had returned to the house the day before a bit, but was living in an RV on the property in accordance with the separation agreement. God dang, bro. Right there. La Llorona in full effect. So he's living on an RV. He Guys, this is, again, cold-ass divorce stories. But she probably learned, her attorney probably said, look, man, it's going to be 50-50. Just, just, and for a lot, some women, they cannot handle it. In fact, I was one to theorize that one of the reasons, among many, that courts give custody to women is I theorize that women are dangerous to their own children, statistically. Statistically, they might not know. Now, for us, we're like, hey, we're getting screwed. But who's really getting screwed is the kids because if the custody goes away from the mother in any way, she'll take the kids out more than likely. We've, we've been figuring this out. I theorized this earlier this year. And that's where the danger is. As you can see, another story. I got, I got tons of stories like this. And uh, he's living on the property. Uh, he's living on an ivory. Sorry. He's living on in an RV on the property. Living out in the cold. And then she's in there deleting the kids. She drowned them in the bathtub. After an Alabama judge ordered her to share custody with the ex-estranged husband. There you go. CGA is on it, man. So, yeah, there it is. Ordered her to share custody and she couldn't take it. It's a shared custody. It's not even, she didn't even lose custody. But in women's minds, I tell you this right here. In women's mind, shared custody is lost custody. In a man's world, shared custody is a win. Shared custody is a win. Somebody said, I don't buy it. Oh, okay. He says, there must have been signs of this level of crazy. Have you ever been divorced? There's no signs. <laughs> what are you talking about? Men, what is the phrase? Men discover who their wife is in family, in family court. You never know who your wife is until you meet her in family court. The, the, the wife you had and the woman that you're going to uh, be uh, divorcing are going to be two separate women. You're going to realize it's a different woman. This happens all the time. This is not a one-off. This is common. It's not the norm. It's common. I've had shared many, many stories. In fact, La Llorona, La Llorona is the story I keep sharing. There's a story in the Mexican tradition, Mexican folklore, that says a woman will drown her kids just because she's jealous of the relationship with the father. This is very common. And so here, here it is right there, and you, you don't see the signs. No, this is too common. And there it is right there. Uh, shared custody equals loss of income. Shared custody equals she has to act right in front of the husband. Shared custody means she can't really play the victim and call him a deadbeat. She loses, she loses all of the traditional tropes that uh, women use to control men in divorce. So um, this, is a, this is an actual fact. You guys got to watch out for this. I've been sharing it. And uh, there it is. I predicted it. And there it is. I just read it right there. I said she probably got shared custody. And there it is. Alabama judge ordered her to share custody. And by the way, in many, many states, shared custody is the, 
is uh, what people start with. It's the starting point. These courts are full. These, these courts are full of these bitches taking men to court. All right. So they're like, man, let's just start off at shared custody unless you can prove why the, the uh, father shouldn't have custody. And then this is when they say, well, he's abusive and he's a Republican and he voted for Trump and he didn't want, he didn't believe in a vaccine conspiracy, right? <laughs> they start reaching for stuff. This goes on every day, all day, every day, all day. So interesting. That guy said he didn't buy it, man, please. This is so common. I've, I've shared like probably 20 or 30 stories like this, 20 or 30 stories. This is definitely common. Next one. Speaking of liberals, uh, Oregon again says students don't need to prove mastery of reading. Hey, get this out of here. Of reading, writing, or math to graduate, citing harm to students of color. All right. Citing harm to students of color. All right, here we go right here. (laughs) All right, here we go right here. All right, the guy, there's guys here want to argue me, man. I'm glad somebody deleted this shit. All right, he was like, he, he said, this level's of crazy. Yeah, hey, man, women are crazy already. <laughs> All right, I don't want to argue here, man. Women are crazy already. He's like, levels of crazy. All right, right here, Oregon again says, it says right here, students of colors are, student of colors are harmed because of mastery of reading, writing, and math. Uh, This is what I pointed out earlier in today's show. What we are doing is focusing on the losers in our society. And then what we do is we don't focus on the elite. We don't focus on the people who, yeah, let's make an excuse. It's it's because you're black, we're going to lower the bar. And then we don't pay attention to the people who have mastery, who have skill, who have ability. We punish the successful people. We punish the successful people in our society. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Because I've been successful, unsuccessful, successful, and unsuccessful. I'm tired of this targeting and not rewarding people who are truly on the level of success. This is absolutely a disgrace of what we're doing to people. And this happens all the time. Oh, black people can't figure out how to get a voter's ID. But at the same time, they say, um, you know, they, they, they have levels of things where black people have an ID and they're like, it's presumed that you have an ID to travel. I mean, you need a real ID card to travel, but all of a sudden people can't get an ID to vote. You just don't have access to the Internet at all. But then they roll in programs like you need a real ID to travel or you can't get on an airplane. Well, how black people don't travel? They don't even have an ID to go vote. So the bar gets lowered and lowered and lowered, and they presume everything's racist for a small segment of people in this country. Black folks are still a small segment of people. And I would imagine in Oregon, it's really small, probably under 10%. But because a small percentage of those under 10% student of colors can achieve, for other reasons, let's punish everybody else. Mm. (laughs) Let's punish everybody else, man. The world is going crazy. It is crazy out here, man. And a little bit of doom and gloom. Uh, remember, I talked about this story right here. The story was, I said this, and I'm going to read a message, actually, that came in the same night that I talked about this. This says right here, inside social media influencer factory in Indonesia. I can't play the, I guess I can play the audio. 
Alright, and so what you're seeing is Let's turn it down What you're seeing is This is an example of uh, businesses Turning to uh, Allowing social media people To have studios and record And all of these things People have made it a business And I said oh, Now you got a gamer studio I've said This is for Gen Z This is where they're going Oh, now we got Okay, we got a TikTok dance studio um, I'm I'm sure there's one of this, these in America. In fact, in Los Angeles, the YouTube studio, they have a YouTube studio in Los Angeles right by SoFi Stadium. So if you do have a certain level of subscribers, I think you can go there. They have one in Culver City. I don't know if it's there anymore. But if you have a certain amount of subscribers, you can go in and book so you can be able to record and use this stuff. And people think this is weird. And they're like, oh, this is end times. This is weird. Guys, this is no different than people who have photography studios and videography studios back in the day. This is no different. This is no different than people using television studios, public asset studios, access studios. This is no different, but people just get the bug up their ass about not progressing forward. All right, you're not progressing forward. You're not thinking forward um, because, yeah, you're 46 years old, you're 50, um, or you are a person that's st trying to stick with the old ways of doing things. And you're not going to progress forward. Man. Go ahead and miss out. I don't care. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is a message. Remember when I said, I said this right here. I said, eventually, what's going to happen is people are going to have jobs doing exactly what every YouTuber does. Every YouTuber. So every YouTuber does um, a job that you were like, oh, I wouldn't do that. But then and eventually... These jobs are going to have uh, these jobs are going to have all of the things that you would do as a social media organizer in order for you to get through. So here's what's watch this right here. Watch this right here. And people thought I was tripping and bugging. I said right here, somebody text me a chick that I'm messing with. She has a business. She says, I'm currently hiring. And maybe contracting a digital marketing director. I just, and I just said that yesterday. As I said that, when I checked my phone after the show, that was the message I got. I'm currently hiring and maybe contracting a digital marketing director. Do you know or happen to know people who are highly skilled in this arena with digital courses, group coaching, membership platform experience, to both B2B and B2C markets must have, uh, must know how to manage an ads vendor, build funnels, email marketing, can manage social media teams, good copywriter, and can manage one or handle automated on some platform. I don't know what that is. They can live anywhere in the world. It's a remote position. Right? Guys, that's exactly what I said. I literally said that. These are going to be in almost standard and every job, many jobs or businesses going forward. And I said that, that uh, and I think it was yesterday's stream, last night. And people were like, nah, bruh, it's here. This is exactly, and the, the pay probably ain't no more than 45 grand. 45, 50, 60 grand. Well, if you did it on your, I don't know what the pay is, but if you did it on your own, 
you can make a, the money's limited. But right now, it's almost too late. It's, it's very much too late for you to kind of get in the game and build this up yourself because the competition's too stiff. But people are fighting change. They're not willing to keep up. They want to just push pencil and papers around. And I said, these companies are going to pretty much make you do it, whether you're doing it or not, or you're going to fall behind. Okay, you see what I mean? You see what I'm saying? I, I, I'm, I'm just telling you, man, this is where the future is going. So um, anyway, you can fight the change or you can change with the times. But if you fight the change too long, eventually, if you want to stay employed, you're going to have to learn how to do it. You're going to have to learn how to do it or you're going to watch people get promoted over you and hired over you that know how to do it. And I just said that that was so weird that she t uh, sent that text message to me because she knows this is what I do. So she was like, oh, okay. But, but if you look at all of those requirements, right, unless you have a unique message, for sure. If you look at all of those requirements, all of those are what people get accused of grifting on YouTube, right? Oh, you got, you building funnels, email marketing, you're doing ads for vendors, you're, you have a copywriter, you have an editor, uh, you can manage a team. In YouTube, the biggest um, the biggest content creators on YouTube, they all have teams. Like it's, it's gone to the point where now you need a production studio. Now you need teams of people to manage one YouTube page that has Instagram and Facebook. All right. And now if you are my money mindset course, I go over this. It's almost impossible now to just be one guy right here doing your thing. Almost all of the big YouTubers have teams, cameraman, studio, uh, they have uh, audio man, engineer. It's getting to that point of videographer, editors. If you're on my money mindset, I actually went through this. I actually went through this. And even if you get there and you start, and you start at some point, you're going to have to hire that. You're going to have to hire that to keep up because I can't keep up with the, uh, the pace of social media. For me, I can't keep up. I really can't. Like my Instagram participation has dipped significantly over the last five months. I cannot keep up with the amount of content because I'm online doing streams all day. I would need somebody right here, right here, in the next room over, in that office, in the next room. I would need somebody live editing my shit up that day. No, not next week, not when you can get to it. That day, editing, boom. And that's money. Fresh and Fit has the same thing. This is where social media is going, and a lot of people don't want it to go that way. Nah, it ain't going that way. Oh, yes, it is, Ninja. <laughs> yes, it is. And you're going to need somebody, a finance team, an accountant. You're going to need a group. You're going to need somebody to help promote your ad funnels and edit your, strip your audio. You're going to need teams. That's where it's going. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, and if you don't do it, you're going to fall behind. And no, do not hire JUCOs, no. All right? You're going to need somebody that's right there with you. The days are kind of gone where you can just hire to the Philippines and let them edit and send it back. All right? Can't. All right, but you'll fall behind. You'll definitely fall behind, and you can't, you can't really keep up because YouTube shorts, you're going to need all of that. But, um, you know, you can say you don't need it, but I'm just telling you, you need it. Everybody has a team. All the top creators have teams. <laughs> it's just it's a natural fact and uh if you don't you just fall behind a little bit behind you just not won't be able to keep up and it is what it is all right so anyway that's doom and gloom cga ring the bell
All right, here we go right here. Uh, let's get to, hey, man, what happened to my, my video here? At nighttime, the sun drops, and all of a sudden, my filter goes nuts. My filter goes nuts. Uh, anyway, where are we at here? Super Chats. That's where we at. Shout out to, uh, what is this? Andre says, late to class. Shout out to the coach gang and CGA. And he says she was going to lose the custody battle. There it is right there. And she lost it. She lost it. So guess what? The kids have to die. Unfortunately, that's according to her. All right. She's going to lose the battle. Kids have to die. That's crazy. Shout out to Nicholas in business. Shout out to you, man. Thank you for that super chat. So what are we doing here? Hit the like button. I realize there's a lot going on, man. I saw a lot of people scheduling streams at this hour. It is what it is. Shout out to Principi. He says, train gang in the building. Train gang. Indeed. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see here. Uh, Let's see here. Wow. What are we doing here? All right, I'm checking. I'm checking. I'm trying to sign into these other places here. There's not a lot. So we're going to go skip right to the uh, next part of the show. Uh, Michael, let's see here. Michael Knight is in the building. He says, uh, also, I thought, wait a minute. Let me see if I got your first one. Let me see if I got your first one because there was two in there. Let me see if I got, I, I skipped over the first one out of order here. Uh, Michael Knight says, I think these deletion stories prove that no matter how much modern women want to fight it, a woman's purpose is in life. Wait, a woman's purpose is in life is children. All right, I think there was a little bit of a mistake in grammar there, but it's all right. But yeah, their purpose in life is children. So what makes it complicated is then when you divorce, how do you fairly split up children? Because they need both parents. But um, it, let's just say this. Let's just say she was a stay-at-home mom. And the father only saw the kids 10% of, of, um, of the time because that would be common of a working father, stay-at-home mom. But then what happens is when you have a divorce, now you have the father has to cover 50%. He's going to see the kids more or have to arrange to see his kids more. And uh, the mother's going to get less time than she's accustomed to, which takes away her purpose. This is when they go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs trying to figure that out. But she better go get a job, Ninja. She better go get a job because I had to tell her. I don't give a fuck what you think, bitch. <laughs> Cut that bitch off. Yep. Welcome to equality and feminism. Hey, man, I don't make the rules. Michael says, also, I thought that for a long time about the losers in society before to be heard, you had to be a winner. Now all the losers have a voice. And like the saying goes, loudest ninja in the club, always the brokest. Facts. In our world, we pay attention to the, I call it the bullies are the bullies now. Like the bullied are the bullies. In our world today. We do our best to shine because uh, I would just be fair. We do our best to shine light on people that normally don't get recognition. And this is because, you know, uh, there were prejudice and biases in the past. So you have to admit a lot of times people didn't get the shine that they deserved. But now I find that the people are going way overboard. All right. We're going to give our attention to the prettiest, most wonderful girl in the room. All right. She's the gorgeousest. She's the most special of them all. She's the guy. She's the girl. Everybody, uh, every guy drinks, dreams of, and every 
woman should want to be this girl, the homecoming queen right here. And it'll be a girl in a wheelchair, a girl in a walker. All right. Limping upstairs. Then it'll be a ninja that turns into a girl. The bravest girl on campus, the most specialist girl. So instead of giving it to like the buxom blonde with the big titties and the long stringy blonde hair, right? They'll give it to this ninja over there with the wig on. And they'll be like, oh, they'll give it to the fat black girl, the loudest one that always have that mayonnaise crust on the side of her lips and boogers in her nose. They'll give it to her, the loudest. They'll give it to a mastodon. You know what I mean? Like, this is like. <laughs> she's brave. She's weathered the storm. They'll bring it in. You know what I mean? You just be like, bro. Like, stop. They overcorrected it. Because what happens is they see one school do it. Okay, we got to have our valedictorian that. And we got to have our homecoming princess that. Like, they didn't went way too damn far. Yeah, it's just like, yo, man, what? Nah, man. And so what we do is, what we do is when you do it too much, these people then get more power than you. So then you can't talk about them. They're a protected group. You can't say nothing. You can't call bullshit. So then they get the power. They get the power. Then they get to bully you. See, they said, and, and here's the sad part about it. It's the sad part is they think it's real and genuine. You know what I mean? They're like, hey, they really, I'm Jillian. Did you hear what they said? I'm the prettiest girl of them all. And you're like, they was really just saying that. I know you don't believe that. They really gave you that shit as a participant. You can't believe that, but they'll believe it. Nope. They said I was the prettiest. You're like, they was just making it up. They was lying to you. Nope, they said it. They said I had the highest GPA. <laughs> You're like, yo, we doing way too much. <laughs> we doing way too much, man. Now that you can't tell them shit. Now they're all here, oh, man. You're like, oh, man. So then the bullied becomes the bullies. It's the revenge of the nerds. <laughs> it's the revenge of the nerds. And uh, then it's the opposite, too. As the people are doing what they're supposed to do, you don't get no reward for doing what you're supposed to do, which I understand. But the people who get the reward and the attention are the people who ain't doing what they're supposed to do. Those are the people who get the attention, the recognition, the extra help. And the people that are doing what you're supposed to do, working hard, you're diligent, you're doing all of this. Oh, it's because you got privilege. It's because you had an advantage. All right, you're doing what you're supposed to do. You don't get recognition. Oh, apparently, I'm doing if doing what I'm not supposed to do gets recognition. Where we our society has gone way too far of trying to correct this injustice of not rewarding people who actually have done work and didn't get recognition. Now we focus on people who don't do shit. And then we want to fix them. Why? Listen, why fix them? I mean, I know it's me. Why? I mean, why, why not work on the build the work with what you got? <laughs> right? Why work with what you got? But I guess we're only as strong as our weakest link. Uh, shout out to Zero Fallout. Over 80% of children deletion is done by the mom. They're also more likely to snuff out the elderly too. Facts. Facts, facts, facts. Facts on top of facts. And uh, people don't want to deal with these realities because we always want to say, oh, look at this guy. He did it. Dude, when it comes to child deletions, the mom is the leader. And, and yes, somebody said the elderly too. 
I shared you stories of um of a woman who had a uh, uh, her father dead in the bed stanking for almost 10 years collecting his social security checks. This is a disgrace. All right, Macaroni Tony, I forgot you had a Discord. I was on there all night. Them ninjas wild over there. All right, shout out to you, man. I got. I always say I got to check out what's going over there, but uh, I never get over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, early termination. Damn, if you threw early terminations of pregnancy in there too. Uh, yeah, man. Women have sent a lot of kids to the upper room. That's for sure. <laughs> to the upper room. Let's get the straggle with Sniggle Theater. Uh, let me see what's up coming up here. Why is it not loading up? Okay, straggle and Sniggle Theater. Let's get to it right here. Hey, ride with me if you ride with me. You can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the five sticky. Come get high with me. That's a deal, right? Uh, yeah, a lot of people are uncomfortable with this, but of course, I'm the one that's breaking the mold, trying to give y'all the truth around here, man. Straggle with Sniggle Theater. We have a Sniggle out here, and he got him a thick, thick, thick. Uh, this girl looks Middle Eastern-ish or Latina, and this ninja is going to get some questions here. Let's go ahead and take you to the video. What's your name? My name Mo. From North Carolina. Oh, like more money? Of course. <laughs> so, one night with me or a thousand dollars? I don't know. Let me see. Turn around real quick. Damn! You said one night? Yeah. I might take that one night because I feel like it's gonna turn into more than that. Oh, confident. Okay, so what do you rate me? One through ten. Let me see. Turn around one more time. Uh. I'm an ass man. Yeah, that brother's starving. Yes, sir. <laughs> so I'm going to have to say 13. <laughs> Ooh, I like your answer. Yeah, that brother's starving. Yes, <laughs> now, and he's showing his teeth. And look at the black women in the back, all right, while this girl is all in there with her hair extensions or whatever she's got going on. they like, I want to hear what he says. All right, he actually has sister pressure on his neck. And uh, I want to hear what she, did, did you see the sister was like, I want to hear what he rates her. All right. And Sarah, he said a 13. Um, yeah, man, I've had some women like this. Uh, they don't, they look not, they look a lot funnier with their clothes off. She built like a, you know what I mean? It, it don't look as curvy as it looks in the pants, but I get it. All right. She built like a refrigerator, just a block of cheese. Uh, but uh, anyway, we like them like that too. We take them. Hey ladies, we take them at all kinds. Don't be mad. I will still hit it. I'm still going to hit. All right, I'm just letting you know. All right, there's a little bit of a disguise in there. All right, uh, but uh, let me see what's going on here. Let's play it again. Let's see if there's more to say here. Hey, guys. Hey, what's your name? All right, so there's no more. Uh, 13, though? 13? He gave her a 13. I mean, I... Really? And one $1,000 or a night with her? I mean... If you do the math, if you do junior college math, you can get that for 300. Take the thousand. Three, I know you can hit it more. You're not. Okay. Let's continue. <laughs> Here we go. My name Mo. From North Carolina. Oh, like Mo Money? Of course. Like <laughs> so, one night with me or $1,000? I don't know. Let me see. Turn around real quick. Damn! You said one night? Yeah. 
I might take that one night because I feel like it's going to turn into more than. Ah, yeah, he wanted them. Look at this sniggling ass ninja. Okay. Yeah, man. Hey, man. Uh, these are the type of girls that complain in bed, man. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Oh, confident. Okay, so. Yeah. What do you rate me? One through ten. Let me see. Turn around one more time. Uh, yeah, you see the sister? I want to hear the sister over there. I want to hear what he says. Right here. 13? Oh, my. He is from North Carolina. He is from North Carolina. So I will tell him he might not see girls like this in North Carolina. You know, it depends on where you are. You could be in East Carolina, North Carolina. You could be in Charlotte. I've seen what y'all got out there in Charlotte. So, yeah, you know, it's all relative. It's all relative. <laughs> He's spitting flavor in her ear. <laughs> he, she, I would have took the thou while, but, uh, you know, I guess if I was a younger guy, I mean, take a look at this. It kind of doesn't look like this with the clothes off. I'm going to just tell you, it, it. she looks chunkier than this with the clothes off. I've, I've been fooled a bl bunch of times, but, uh, you know, ninjas like them chunky too. I'm an ass man. Yeah, that brother's starving. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to say 13. Yeah, he happy. <laughs> <laughs> he's spitting flavor in her ear. Shout out to the sniggle of the week right there. All right, he's doing what he needs to do. All right, let's talk about Gen Z. Uh, uh, many of you young boys have been here. Uh, this is a young man that's being called out. I can't play the audio because I think it comes in a little too loud, but I'll describe it. What you're seeing is um, uh, this guy, a senior in high school, but still needs mom to cut his steak. See a senior in high school, but still needs his mom to cut his steak. So let me narrate this. The young boy right there with the baked potato sitting next to the flatback Kaylee right here. Um, he's going to deliver the plate down the stream so his mom can cut the steak. So here we go right here. As you can see, hold on for a second. There it is right there. Okay, there's a, okay, a, okay, a Millie Mouth Muskrat. We got a redhead dude who's on his phone. He ain't helping. There's the fat papa, and mom is right there towards the end, and she's looking like, oh, my baby, and dad's looking like he's lost. All right, he's the clueless Barney Rubble-ass father, and uh, there's the mom, and uh, he says, oh, you need to cut. Now, Ninja, I would have ate the steak with my hands, all right, at this point, and there he is asking mom to cut it in strips. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> all right, damn. High fructose corn syrup ninja. All right, come on, fam. Bruh, you got a little crustache on your lips, ninja. You can't cut your steak. What? <laughs> he embarrassed too. Look, he got called out. He got called out. He got caught. And uh, look, he's sniggling. All right, don't. Oh, and mom delivers his steak after cutting him steak. Oh, him got him steak cut by him mama. Man, Gen Z. And he's probably the child of the, the baby of the family and all of this stuff. He's the baby of the family. So you understand, you know, look at him. Look at him. He's like, mama, mama, can I suck on your titty? All right. This is crazy. Mama, help me. Help. There he is right there. Poor guy. Look at the guy right there. Uh, mama, mommy, can you, can you get, you ain't going to get no punani for about 10 years, fam. Mm. 10 years. You ain't getting no punani. Ninja, if you can't cut your steak, Ninja, you definitely can't take a girl out to steak. I mean, you about to be lonely for a long ass. I cut cut it in steak. Yeah, cut my, cut my shit in strips. Mm. Big ass, baby ass, boy ass, man.
That's crazy, man. This is absolutely crazy. All right. Oh, man, this is nuts. All right, but look at it. Oh, look. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, look at him. Mama, bring him a steak. Oh, can you bring him a yeah, baby Huey-ass ninja? Look at this baby Huey-ass ninja. This is a disgrace. This is despicable, reprehensible. Ninja, we need to grow up. The dad was like, yeah, is this a joke? Dad's like, what? What are you doing? Dad be at work on the right here. It's crazy. All right. Yeah, dad. Oh, yeah, there, mommy, right there. Come get me. Come help me. Help. Yeah. Oh. Baby Huey ass ninja. Look at it. And mom gonna get up and deliver it. Mama, man, man, look, look. If my son did that, ninja, I'll be looking at that. You better figure that shit out. <laughs> you better figure it out. You crazy. Unbelievable. Don't let these people do this. Oh, I didn't change my banner. This is Straggle and Sniggle Theater. This is Straggle and Sniggle Theater. Hold on for a second, is it? Yeah, Straggle and Sniggle Theater. Um, dudes on here are funny. <laughs> Somebody's in the comment. CGA been fooled a bunch of times. What? Fooled? Fooled? Ninja, this is Straggle and Sniggle Theater. We can show skits. Ninja's still stupid out here. All right? Nobody's fooled. I show, I show videos. They can be skits. We can go with it, Ninja. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a real video. So guess who was fooled? All right, um, let, me, let me take you to the next one here. Um, this one is the girl right here. It says, my boyfriend has two girlfriends. My boyfriend has two girlfriends. So here it is right here. Here's the girlfriend there, as you can see. A flat back, um, what you would call her, a master splinter, uh, Millie Mouth Muskrat, uh, whatever it is. There it is right there. And uh, let's play the video right here. Uh, there it is right there. That's one video. And there she is there, flat back supreme. Interesting. Same girl. My boyfriend has two girlfriends. And so this is the same girl. All right, the same girl right there. And I believe this. I dated a girl like this. I dated a girl like this that looked like that. Like, well, she didn't look as homely as the other girl, but I dated a girl who was didn't wear a lot of makeup and she didn't really get dressed. She was a hairstylist. But when she got dressed up, she was smoking. She was like, God damn. And you could kind of see it when she wasn't dressed up that she was pretty. But when she got dressed up, she was off the charts. All right, and I, and I messed around with her, and then I messed around and went out with her one time, and she got dressed up. I was like, uh-oh. But uh, <laughs> ninjas don't believe nothing. That's the same girl. The same girl. Yep, that is the same woman. Uh, it happens. It happens, man. Makeup sometimes does wonders, man. And this, uh, listen, not everybody. Oh, by the way, this does tell us uh, nines and tens are really not nines and tens. All right, most women aren't above an eight. In looks. I mean, the highest a possible a woman can get is an eight. The real nines and tens, there's probably only 12 in the world that can wake up and be a nine or a 10. A woman that is probably a nine or a 10 is, is probably at eight, seven, and can work up to a nine or a 10. But they're not waking up. Most women don't wake up that you see are attractive. They don't wake up like that. And especially if it's a Saturday around the house, all right, it's a Saturday around the house. That's what they're going to look like. <laughs> That's what they're going to look like. Very stock factory issued. Women are not that attractive, man. 
I don't know why people don't get it. They're not that attractive. What makes them attractive, number one, is a lot of makeup and hairstyle. Makeup and hairstyle is a big one. And, of course, if they look a certain way, right, if they have a little, uh, a little attractive features, they can amplify them. And then you have push-up bras. Then you have, um, then you have push-up bras, clothes themselves. So things like this, where the guy right here, let me see if I can play the video right here, clothes that accentuate features. You guys see it right here? So this woman, if you stripped her down, she's a six already. If you stripped her down, she looked like a four, a fat girl. She's just like, like, like a fat, chunky Mexican girl. If you didn't have any makeup on her and her hair wasn't styled. But most women aren't that attractive without the makeup. <laughs> so, and what makes this a little complicated is that guys want women to be attractive all the time. All right. They want them to be this all the time. All she did was put on some eyelashes. She put on some foundation. Did she put um she put some um she eyebrow penciled her eyebrows a little darker. And uh her hair is naturally thin and blonde. It looks like it's probably natural, or she has a little bit of treatment on it, a little bit of cut and color. She let her hair down and she is wearing a um, off-the-shoulder dress. That's the same woman. That's the same woman. She, she did just, min- and she did it minimally. Same woman. Yep, right there. And that's the same nose. As you can see, she extended her eyebrows out a little bit with the pencil, put some eyeliner on, some mascara. She definitely has her face a little bit more shiny. She let her hair down. Same woman. Concealer. Okay. Same exact woman. Uh, but guys don't, and the, the thing is, they lead with this. They lead with this, and then when you, when you get into a relationship, uh, what, what disappoints guys is she doesn't look like this all the time. She'll look like, um, she'll look like she did in the previous video. This is what you're normally going to see. You're normally going to see this at home every day. The only time you're going to see her look like the second picture is if you take her out. Or if she goes out on the night on the town with the girls. And when she leaves, she's going to say, I'm going out with the girls. And then she's going to look like this. When you ain't seen her like this all week. <laughs> all week long. And she's like, all right, you going out with the girls. And then she shows up. She's like, all right, I'm leaving. Yep. But this is what you're going to wake up to right here. You're going to wake up to this. What you going to do? So I always encourage guys. To never, well, I encourage guys to stop judging women on um, how they look on Instagram. How they look when you see them at a nightclub or dinner or a festival. It's going to throw you off. How you really want to look at them is when they're stripped down, when they're basic. Because that's who they truly are. When they, when they look and you're like, oh, you're so pretty. Oh, my God. You're going to get a mind F. It's going to take a while for you to get there as a man as well. If you're in your 20s, you're not going to understand that. Men that have lived with women, I've lived with several women. So I know what women look like, right? I know what they look like when they're at home. I lived with women when I was married. I had three female roommates. I have sisters. 90% of the time, they're going to be stripped down. 90%. It's only 10% of the time that they're going to be glammed up and look good and have the right clothes on. And so, 
Um, until you've seen that, you can't really. I know a lot of guys, again, a lot of guys were like, that's BS. I'll call in a lie. No, that is the same woman. There's the nose. You can tell by the nose. The nose is exactly the same. She got that kind of a pudgy nose at the end of the, that bubble nose at the end of her nose right there. Right there, you can see it. Same woman. But I know this. I know women can definitely transform like that. So uh, watch out for stuff like that. Straggle with Sniggle Theater goes on. It says right here, she explains why modern women will die alone. Oh, actually, is this, hmm, is this part of the next episode? Let me see here. Okay, it's a part of this one right here. Let's see what this woman says here. Oh, this is interesting. You'll find this interesting. It's based on a survey where men and women were asked if they got 80% of everything they want in their ideal mate, would they be happy with that? And women said, no, that's settling. And men said, 80%, I'd be thrilled. That's a catch. And so- 80% of the women you surveyed is settling? That's settling because, you know, the question is, what actually makes us happy in long-term romantic love? And, you know, that's the question that I explore in the book. And I'm a journalist, so I went out and I asked neurobiologists about chemistry, and I asked behavioral economists about demographics, and I asked marital researchers. What are women too picky about here? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, men and women were asked what would be a deal breaker for going on a second date. And men named three things. They said she has to be cute enough. She doesn't have to look like Angelina Jolie. She just has to be cute enough. She has to be warm and kind. And she has to be interesting to talk to. Those seem like really valid criteria. Ding, 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 ding. Pretty simple. Right. Okay, reasonable, right? The women came back with 300 things that would rule out a guy for a second date. And we're talking about like another two hours and maybe a free dinner. And they wouldn't do it. And there were things like he wore a brown belt with black shoes. Or we were having a really good time and I thought he was cute and he was interesting. But then he went, he did this Austin Powers impression. And I just can't get that out of my mind and I can't go out with him again. Austin Powers guy could be the love of her life. The book is based on. All right, and so, yes, we've discussed this in the Manosphere quite a bit. Uh, It's hard for men to, you know, women look for, when they go on dates, they go on a fault-finding mission. So when they go out on dates, uh, you can be the perfect guy, but you can laugh funny. You can sneeze weird. You can have a lazy eye that day. And uh, this is an example of what's happening. So they're saying in this book, I don't know what book they're talking about, women would turn down a guy if he was 80% good. So, hey, I'm going to give you the guy. He ain't perfect, but 80% of what you're looking for. What she's finding is that women will then say, ah, nah, uh, that's settling. I refuse to settle. But guys, on the other hand, Ninja, that's a win. 80% good, I'll take it. What then leads to a second date? Maybe only three things. Well, you know, if she was, uh, her titty was bigger, I guess, but I'll take a flat chest. You know, her booty was a little soggy. I'll look past it, <laughs> right? You'll be looking like she is kind of annoying and she has a raspy voice, but I'll learn to deal with it. That's how dudes get by. Dudes will take anything, really. Women said, is not good enough. I'm not settling. And then 300, 300. I'll play the clip again since I left it out. 300 other things in addition to the 80%. This goes back to men can't take us to dates at certain restaurants. Wow. Let's listen to it again right here. The pickiness is that it says right here, why women, minor women will die alone. Here we go. 
done a survey where men and women were asked if they got 80% of everything they want in their ideal mate, would they be happy with that? And women said, no, that's settling. And men said, 80%, I'd be thrilled, that's a catch. And so... You didn't see this in a previous video, so there's the, uh, the video. By the way, uh, they don't put stuff like this on, on television anymore, right? This is all misogyny. All right, here is 80% of the perfect partner enough. Women, nope, nope, nope. Men, hell yeah, <laughs> right? Well, 80% of the women you surveyed is settling? That's settling because, you know, the question is, what actually makes us happy in long-term romantic love? And, you know, that's the question that I explore in the book. And I'm a journalist, so I went out and I asked neurobiologists about chemistry, and I asked behavioral economists about demographics, and I asked marital researchers. What are women too picky about here? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, men and women were asked what would be a deal breaker for going on a second date. And men named three things. They said she has to be cute enough. She doesn't have to look like Angelina Jolie. She just has to be cute enough. She has to be warm and kind. And she has to be interesting to talk to. Those seem like really valid criteria. Ding, 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 ding. We- Pretty simple. Right. Okay, reasonable, right? The women came back with 300 things. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, they're not, again, women are not to be pleased, man. And he, I'm not happy. <laughs> and I'm I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you, don't go into the business of pleasing them. I, I, I know, I know I got a lot of guys are like, coach, man, I don't want to be on the dark side. All right, I want loving, I want their soul. Uh, but guys, there there's no there's no permanent soul. They don't got one. All right. And here's the problem with it. There's no permanent position. That's just a period of time. She's going to get used to whatever it is you're doing. She's going to get used to it as the norm. And then it's going to be, eh. She's going to be like, yeah, I know he does these things, but what has he done for me lately? I'm not happy. (laughs) It's not like you do it and then it's over. And she says, oh, good. You did it once or twice or five times. If you stop doing it, she's going to remind you, hey, remember when we used to do this? You don't do that no more. So... Um, and then she's going to be like, well, I'll go off and find somebody else. I'm of the belief that we are not supposed to be permanent lifelong lovers for the people who find that congratulations. I'm not trying to bump you off of that, but the majority of human beings are supposed to have been moving around very fluidly, creating families, sticking around long enough for the kid to reach maturity. And then the relationship was done. This is how people made it for a long time. All right, then there was polygamy. Then there was, now we are in monogamy and romance, which is high, that has the highest failure rate of all relationships because we try to stick to, to it. And what's, the, what's now becoming the problem is women being completely entitled, right? I'm not settling. You got to be perfect. And even when you are perfect, then they'll still find a reason to get, the, get up out of there. That would rule out a guy for a second date. And we're talking about like another two hours and maybe a free dinner. I'm glad she said that. I'm glad she said that. The odd part of that, and guys, this is crazy because this woman's saying this. She's saying the guy was willing to overlook more and pay for this bitch the second date. He was willing to be like, okay, she's pleasant. She got a rack. All right, she kind of got a, you know, ugly ears or ears stick out funny, but I'll pay for a second date. She's noticing that the women wouldn't even go on a free date, invest two more hours and go on a free date. 
<laughs> that is wild. And I'm glad she spoke up about this. But again, these days are over. That woman to get canceled real quick. That is unbelievable. She wouldn't even take the freebie. Why? There's a better chance over here. Well, there's another guy over here. I'll try him. Woo-wee. That is crazy, but it explains the current state of modern relationships. Hey. With me, if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the fast sticky. Come get high with me, that's a deal, right? And uh, if you're a guy below the five, six level of the ratings, you're got to be struggling out here. I mean, there's a lot of guys in that situation, and you can understand why guys like this are frustrated with the current marital market. I mean, the dating marketplace has got to be, it's insane. And even guys that are considered upper end guys. Um, if you're a lower end guy and all of us are a lower end guy in one way or the other, right? We all have something that women just would be like, nah, I can't, I can't look at that. And if you have that, you're a human being. Welcome to the club. But let me just tell you, even if you're an eight or a nine as a guy, considerably, whatever that rating is, you don't have an easy path to eight, nines and tens. You don't. Your path doesn't get easier for eight, nines, and tens. You do get your foot in the door. But we say over here, nines and tens belong to the community. Nines and tens get passed around, paid for, all right, moved around. You're not going to get an easy path to nines and tens. You know where you're going to get an easy pass to? Sixes and fives. Buck tooth, knock knee, cockeyed, hunchback, buffalo hump, all right, fat chicks, gorditas. Handicap, all right? Women with leaking eye syndrome. Women with goofy ears that they try to hide their hair uh, behind. That's where the path get easier because you would perceive, because for a guy who's a five or a below, we ain't getting easy paths to fives and six. The easy path is to the sixes and the fives and the somewhat of the eights. So then for that guy who is Chad and Tyrone, Pookie Ray, whoever you want, an eight on the scale, a nine on the scale, his path get easier to old 48-year-old divorcees. <laughs> right? So then we'd be like, man, Chad and Tyrone, they get all the hot chicks. No, they don't. They get some, but they got to work for those. They got to pay for those too. They got to pay for them too. Where they get an easy pass is the normal chick who believes, oh, there he is right there. There's my, there's my Prince Charming right there. And they all flock to that guy. And then they make it easier for that guy. I'm like, whatever you want, lie down here. I'll do whatever. I'll pay off your child support. Uh, just bang me out. Strags. Mastodons. <laughs> so 49ers. That's where, that's where his path gets easy. It doesn't get easy with the hot chicks. Those guys that are eights have to work crazy for eight women that are eights. They have to work like nuts. They'll, they'll get a foot in the door. They'll get the conversation where we don't get the conversation at all. We have to plunk down 500 to 1,000 bucks to get the conversation with her, <laughs> right? And for men, for men, men don't really work that hard for women. We don't want to work that hard. Oftentimes, we just want our balls empty. So what ends up happening is the eights for females get undercut by the sixes and the fives. 
So all he does is like, well, she emptying my balls at will and she giving me, you know, enthusiastic. She's telling me to come over. She she makes it easy. She doesn't require much. I'll go over there, empty my balls. And then you see her with this, you see this ninja with these sea donkeys and these slump busters, and these booger wolves. You see them and you're like, what, what are you doing? It's just easy, right? <laughs> it's easy. Why would, he, why would he work hard for women when he could just have layups, fives and sixes? Now, you'll see them with eights and nines. Those are the women that he has to work for and date and all of that stuff. So this is what's happening. <laughs> oh, man. Hit the like button. Somebody said sea donkeys. That was Hex Euripides called them sea donkeys. But it's what it is. This is how the marketplace works. And if you think I'm lying, this is what we explain it as the 80-20 rule, the 90-10 rule. The 90-10 rule proves exactly what we're saying. Nah, man. Chad's get all the hot girls. That's who you see Chad and Tyrone out in public with. That's who he's out in public with. He's with a girl and then she fits the mode, but he's behind her. She's grabbing him by the ear. Okay, come now here. Come now here. Come to the mall. Come to Sephora. Come to the Louis store. All right, let's go shoe shopping. She got this ninja by the ear. He just following behind her. He got no frame with her. She's calling her shots. She's like, I got options out here. And he's like, okay, okay, honey, okay. <laughs> you always see this guy walking behind that woman. Tell me I ain't lying. When you see a Chad and he's with a hottie, he ain't got no frame with her. He's always walking behind her. He's always walking beside her. She's always like, let's go here now. And he's like, okay, let's go here now. Okay, let's do this now. Okay, let's go here now. Okay. That's where he at with the eight when it's when he's matched up. <laughs> right. Yep. He's Herbish. But then when he's when 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 you don't see him in public, when you don't see him in public, she she goes home. She goes home and uh she looks like this. Right there. She goes home and looks like this. And then when she ain't looking, he goes and gets a slump buster. Mm. A booger wolf. He goes and gets his ball empty over there with the with the uh with the with the uh what do you call it? <laughs> with the gordita. This is normally what you see it. Yep, he's a wallet. <laughs> Invisibly fast ninja. Uh anyway, no frame with him. And then he's she she's just running circles around this ninja. And then what'll happen is everybody will be like, man, what happened? Why you why she running circles with you? Well, then she starts. Oh, man, you got a beautiful girl, man. Don't lose her. She's a princess. Uplift her. Show her her life. Give her what she wants. Buy her a house. Buy her a house. Get her kids. All that stuff. Marry her tomorrow. Marry her. She's a wife. I think I married you. What's that song? Ooh, 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 ooh. I think I want to marry you. And then it'll put a ring on there. <laughs> because she looks like Cinderella. And she'll be lapping his ass. Turning them down for sex. Anyway, it's the truth. That's the 90-10 rule explained. If you want to be Chad or Tyrone, you will get easy sex with slump busters. <laughs> you're not going to get hot chicks. Uh, you'll get some, but you're not going to be able to just run the marketplace with them. 
You're going to fill yourself up. You're going to fill up your grocery basket with oddly shaped women, BMWs, badly made women. Your whole roster is going to be mostly badly made women. Why is that sea whiskey? All right, anyway, Kaylin says, regardless to as why people choose to get divorced, the institution of marriage will be always deaf till death do you part. And it says, uh, when we break from that, you're going to face negative consequences one way or another. And that's what happens when women delete children. Divorce will also impact children's view of relationships as they get older. We don't address this enough in society. I actually, that's, that's commonly needs to be addressed. Um, fathers are tend to divorce fathers are tend to be held to that standard divorce women or single mothers. Not so much. Let me give you an example. Cause you'll talk about this. Um, if a father in a split family situation or a baby daddy, if a father does something like, um, you know, let's say he has a little bit of custody visitations or something like that. If he has multiple women, if that father's living a leisure, bachelor, free agent lifestyle, and he has multiple girlfriends, people will accuse that father of doing something that he shouldn't in front of, uh, in front of his kids. For example, man, don't let your daughter see you out here with all these women. Your son's going to see you out here fornicating with all these women. People will... Tell that father that he's living on, uh, he's, he's going to mess up his kids' view of relationships going forward. Are you following me? Are you following me? They're going to be like, damn, you, dad, you're out there with all these women showing, you, what if your daughter and son sees this? They're going to have an unhealthy view of relationships. Are you following me? Now, watch this. Their mother will have moved in with guys in and out of relationships, engaged, married, and divorced again, going on dates, have multiple men in the kid's life, introducing, introducing men to children. They will have men living with them as roommates, disguising it, and it's a relationship. And they won't say shit. Today, the mother can be an OnlyFans model. And they will not, charge that woman as messing up the kid's future outlook on relationships. <laughs> they won't say, you know what? You might consider what you're doing out here when you're dating these men and sneaking them in when, when little uh, man, man and little man, man and little Ray Ray and little King sleeping and sneaking you in at nine 30 and giving this little kid Benadryl to knock his ass out so you can fornicate. <laughs> they will not once charge that woman with messing up the kid's view of healthy relationships. Not even one time will they charge her. But you, on the other hand, they like, man, you out here with all these girls, you at the junior college, you living unhealthy, your kids see you doing this. What about your kids? You need to think of the kids. <laughs> They will have this woman out here going on dates with her sugar daddy, going on dates trying to get married again, right in front of the kid's face. Right up under the kid's nose. They'll send the kid over to granny's house, and she'll be dressed ready to go on a date and send the kid to granny's house. Here, you stand with granny. You stand with your grandmama today. And then she go out there 
tramping in the streets and they don't not one time say, you know what? Your kid's going to have an unhealthy view of how relationships are. (laughs) You see what I mean? And really, the majority of men that grew up in single parent homes have been single mothers. And we've inevitably seen how mothers have the unhealthiest relationships. And nobody has once said, perhaps this is why these ninjas is out here acting the way they acting. Not once. But let daddy be a rolling stone. Papa was a rolling stone. See, yeah, this is why these men's is messed up because these fathers is out here chasing Punani. You see what I'm saying? This is the hypocrisy of our world. Anyway, it is what it is. <laughs> this is your papa was out here busy chasing after girls. He was out here showing how healthy, unhealthy relationships. It's a, it's a, this is a crime. This is a crime against humanity. But I'm telling you, man, I'm here to be the speaker of truth. Shout out to no government name. JR says there was a show about a young, blue-eyed, white girl from West Virginia. She turned 31, got fat. Then all of a sudden, she pops up with a black boyfriend. He says, what a dink! Where did the black guy even come from? Shaking my head. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Yes, indeed, man. What a world we live in. But I'm here to call out the BS. I don't let BS slide by. But yeah, just know, man. That's what they'll do to you. We got a brother here. CJ says, Coach, you were right about not telling women your secrets. Do you think she's going to tell you all of hers? He says, you'll never know her true body count, how many early terminations she had, if she did drugs, or how many times she leveraged that poom poom for better opportunities. By the time she's 30, she will already have lived 50 different lives. The spectrum is real. They lie to protect their virtue. He says, you know. He says, you will never know her secrets. They, They even lie. When they use makeup and plastic surgery, look at how difficult it was for KS to get the truth out of them. And they still lied by omission. And um, if you do have experience on dates, you got to realize that most of the things that she's doing is she's getting information from you. And she will think it's fair game. Well, I'm doing this for my protection. And she'll ask question after question after question. You, on the other hand, if you asked her every question she asked of you, Watch her shell. Watch her build a wall. She'll build a wall up. She'll get quiet. Okay. When was the last time you had a relationship? When did you grow up? What's your birthday? What day? What year? What sign? What would you go to school? All right. All the, <laughs> all the shit to hack into your email account. Okay. Are you gay? Have you ever been with another person? How many people you had sex with? How many girls you slept with this week? All right. Okay. 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 All right. Let me, let me get on on you. How many ninjas you slept with this week? Huh? How, when's your birthday? When's your birthday? Okay. What year? Huh? Never ask a lady, but they start saying never last a lady this, never ask a lady that they start hiding under shit. Oh, what's going on here? Why are you asking me all these questions? <laughs> all right. Now nah, I ain't going to tell you all that changing the subject, deflect, redirect. Guys, that's how they work, just how they work. And I think what people are doing is when they hear me, they say I'm cold. But the thing is, I'm not cold. I'm actually doing what women do. They're just as cold. They're just as calculating. They're just as manipulative. And this is what they're going to do. 
they'll get away with it. Anyway. Yep, how much you weigh? How tall are you? How much you weigh? Huh? Never ask a woman what she weighs. Okay, but you ask me my height. Well, that's important to us because we got heels and and that's in there and our offspring. That's important to us. Well, weight is important to men. How much do you weigh? This is despicable. Oh, you such a misogynist. You've been listening to Andrew Tate. This is crazy. I mean, never ask a woman her weight. Okay, stop asking me my height then. I mean, it's important to us. You just don't understand how important that is. You know, that means because when we go out and we wear our high heels, I want to know if I want to wear a three-inch or a six-inch stiletto. <laughs> You'd be like. <laughs> oh, man, you're like, you cannot get anything out of them. Not a straight answer, a lie by omission. Why does it matter? And men be scared to ask. Stop treating these women with kid gloves. Y'all be scared of them. Y'all be scared of them. I said, I said what I said. All right, never mind. <laughs> They're super duper invasive when it comes to this. But then if you clam up on them, you're not open. I can't trust you. You won't give me information. I'm scared. You might be a serial killer. All right, anyway. And it'd be a simple-ass question. We could have moved on. Why are you clamming up? What's your credit score? What, what you do? How much you make? What, you, what kind of work you do? Where do you work? What building? What is that? What, what's the title? What does it do? How much do you make? <laughs> right? What kind of car you drive? And you ask them the same question, they're going to clam the hell up. Mm. <laughs> right? you like, boy, they super weird when it comes to this. But um, for, for young men, you got to put up with stuff like this. And initially, they'll ask you the questions first. So you'll feel like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll answer the questions. No big deal. But then you'll realize she'll play a cheating game on you. She's not going to answer the questions back. <laughs> oh, man, it's crazy. All right, but uh, when you, when you, this is why we encourage men to give you leverage and options. Leverage and option defeats all of these bullshit-ass games. It defeats almost 98% of their games. You're still vulnerable. You're still vulnerable. But you want to defeat the goofy-ass games. You want to make them scared to ask the questions. When you have leveraging options, and you, I, I, I say, this is why I call myself the Bruce Wayne, right? I be saying, I, I literally be like, listen, you don't need to know all that. And then they still want to associate because they see, well, there's results here. There's results. So they can't be like, hmm, you know, I don't look like a drug dealer, right? So... They can't be like, maybe he deals drugs. There's an aura, a mystery around it. What do you do? I'm in e-commerce. What is that? What, what is e-commerce? I heard of that. What do you sell? Books and videos. <laughs> oh, okay. They'll move on. Simple. That's it. All right. That's all, that's all you need to know. They'll realize. Okay. We'll go with that. He's got me in a nice place, all right? He's got a nice place. He's got his shit together. He don't look like a Dusty. We'll go with it. Mm. And then, really, it ain't lying, because that's kind of what I do. <laughs> that's kind of what I do. And then I'll fill you in along the way so you don't feel like I lied to you. <laughs> it's crazy. 
it's crazy because you guys don't you guys don't realize that they're trying to get intel on you. You don't want them ass. You don't want to just be brief. What you guys do, what you guys do is you tell them your whole life story. All right, what I was news, I was an engineer and I work at the store over there, the engineer company right there on the corner of Manchester and Market. All right, I've been working there for the last 12 years. Before my previous job and career, I used to work at the Waffle House over there on 95th and 37th. And no, I didn't time you out. I'm talking on the show. How could I time you out at the same time? All right. And then you, on the first date, give them all the info, location. Then the second time they see you, ain't nothing to talk, talk about, nothing. It's absolutely disgusting. And I grew up here, and then when I was five years old, I moved to Little Rock, Arkansas, and I stayed there. I went to the school. We was the state champions in field hockey. Then I moved to uh, Tupelo, Mississippi after that. I lived in Tupelo. I worked at the Elvis Mansion. Then I left Tupelo. I moved to Baton Rouge. Man, shut your, uh, shut your punk ass up. Nobody care about all of that shit. <laughs> Just shut up. You telling too much. Let them learn. <laughs> Let them learn you. They'll be more interested in learning you. Just give them enough to ensure their security. You're going to be safe. You'll be protected. All right, get in the car, and then you roam on their ass, and they feel their stomach drop. All right, their prunani gets wet, and they'll be like, oh, Mr. Wayne, <laughs> you know, you have to protect me when you're in the Batmobile. Don't worry, baby. You'll be protected. <laughs> but y'all did just be like it. When I was 12, I got punched in the nose by the bully. Then I started lifting weights. I bench pressed 275, 10 reps. I work out six days a week at the 24-hour fitness. You telling them where you are, your routine, where you go, where you grew up, what type of food you eat, where you make money, how much you make. Just Gabby, Gabby, Gabby. Man, y'all some y'all some goofy ass ninjas, man. Just straight up basic information. Move on. All right. Anyway, I've been telling like, listen, baby, you're asking a lot of questions here. Did you order off your menu yet? Take a look at the menu. Oh, your food is getting cold. You asking a little bit too many questions right here. I see you with your fork. That piece of food has been on that edge of the fork. You out here trying to talk. Why don't you, why don't you eat your food? Oh, baby, we ain't talking about politics around here. All right, listen. We ain't got no time for talking about politics. I thought we came out to have fun. We came out to have fun. All right, we don't need to talk about what our political affiliations are. Just calm down. All right, here we go right here. <laughs> what y'all want to talk about? And I have a belief system. I listen to Andrew Tate. I'm a MGTOW. I'm getting my passport if this date don't work out. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's why i'm gonna get my passport because women like you ninja gotta tell everything <laughs> yeah oh man yo man stop with the bullshit man hey look the less she talks the better it is the less we talk the better it is yeah ninja like i got diabetes all right i got a heart murmur that made me quit football I got a genetic defect that make me fart. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> and you know who you are out here. You know who you are. 
He said, passport got zero stamps. Yep. I'm getting my passport as soon as I pay off my child support arrears. Then just, uh, it's the first date. Why you got to tell her all this, man? <laughs> like, just, you don't need to know nothing. Say less. I'm telling you, the less you say to women, the more they're going to think, hmm. Hey, friend's going to be like, uh, so how was your date? How was your date? She's going to be like, oh, girl, it was fantastic. We did this and that, and we did that. Did you go back to his house? I did. Girl, you went back to his house on the first day? I did. Why? You know, you said you said you was going to next time make the last guy hold out for 90 days. I don't know. It was something about him. I had to go in and give him the punani. All right, girl, anyway, well, where does he work? Well, I don't know. Girl, you don't know where he works? I don't know. He was just, he didn't tell me. He was a little mysterious. He said he was in e-commerce. But he had a big, nice house, and he had a Porsche 911, and he dressed good, and he didn't smell like under armpits and funky socks. All right, girl. Well, anyway, when's his birthday? Is he a Libra, Capricorn? Is he a Cancer, Sagittarius, Virgo? I don't know. Girl, you don't know? You don't know his sign? I don't know. You gave him the puss, and you don't know his sign? I don't know. He didn't tell me. <laughs> he just took me to the gentleman's lair in the back cave and he started clapping my cheeks. I'll find out next time, girl. I'll find out. All right, what's his mama's last name? I don't know. He didn't say. <laughs> I don't know. What, what, what? Girl, you don't know his mama? You don't know if he loves his mama, girl? You all messed up. I know I messed up. Oh, damn. I'll ask him on the next time. <laughs> she come over here. Yep, you don't know what suit, shoe size he wear. You don't know where he shop. You don't know his favorite cologne. You don't know shit. Mm. All right, let's Google him. What's his name? Uh, He told me he goes by Mr. Wayne. Mr. Wayne, we can't Google that shit. What's his last name? What's his first name? He said Bruce. <laughs> he said him named Bruce Wayne. All right, we'll look him up right now. Hold on for a second. All right, Bruce Wayne. Let me see here, Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne, Las Vegas. We're going to look his ass up right now. All right, let's see. All right, girl, I got him right here. This is him right here. This the ninja right here. We got his ass, huh? All right, we're going to look all his shit up. We're going to look all his shit up. We got him now. <laughs> Is this him? Girl, we going to boogie. He got pictures everywhere. Look at him. He an actor. He an actor right here. Look at his ass. We, this the guy right here? She, uh, uh, that ain't him. That's not him. Hey, it says right here his name is Bruce Wayne. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, anyway, man. Yo. It's crazy. You were like, you don't know nobody. Don't know no info. How many kids he got? How many brothers and sisters he grew up with? You came away with no info? Oh, my goodness. And gave up the puss? Yep. <laughs> His net worth is $58 billion. Oh, man, this is crazy. Let's get on with the rest of the show. It's off the rails. Okay, this woman says she's never had a boyfriend. 
It says right here, never had a boyfriend. Here we go right here. Uh, there she is right there. <laughs> I know she looks like somebody here. I know you guys are going to say it. She does have a resemblance to someone. And uh, this one, this is a woman, a typical Gen Z -er or a millennial. Obviously, she's in her Millie Mouth Muskrat uh, costume. She's not making much of an effort, maybe coming back from the gym. All right. Uh, she says she's never had a boyfriend. Here we go. This girl at work said something to me the other day, and I, like, can't get it out of my head. I heard a baby around her. I was like, oh, God, that's free birth control for me. And she's like, oh, that makes me think of my little baby. And I was like, yeah, I'm too selfish. I don't want kids. Like, I have a dog. That's enough for me. A couple of days later, she's like, so you don't want kids, but you have a dog. Do you have, like, a boyfriend or anything? And I was like, no, I've never had a boyfriend. She's like, how old are you? And I said, 27. She's like, and you've never had a boyfriend? All right, so she's not Gen Z. She is Gen, I'm sh sorry, she is the, a young millennial, a zenial. All right, a zenial. So uh, never had a boyfriend. I actually hear women saying this, but there, there's something underlying that you cannot believe this. And you, it's not what you would say. If a guy said, I've never had a girlfriend, you would also insinuate that he's probably a virgin as well. When a woman says she's never had a boyfriend, that doesn't mean she's not sexually active. And she's going to kind of um, shine a light on that. And uh, she's crying here. You can see she's in tears. And she's saying she never had a boyfriend. Let's get to it. And, and I, like, never really cared. But there's something about her, like, saying that that really hit me this time. Because, like, I've never been on even, like, two dates with the same person. Like, Sorry, I have to pause it because it's a minute long. I've never been on two dates with the same person. Now, this right here, problematic. This is going to be problematic. She managed to make it. And as you can see, she's a plain Jane, right? She foldable. I mean, listen, Ninja, I fold it worse. <laughs> All right, but uh, she's the uh, no eyelash kind. But never two dates with the same person. This is going to be problematic for her in the future trying to explain why I need to give her more than two dates and pay for them. But let's continue. Like, even guys I've talked to or, like, hooked up with. There it is. They'll slowly stop talking to me. And then I find out they have a girlfriend or they get into a new relationship, like, a week later. And, like, when I was younger and I didn't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, I'd be like, because I'm fat. I used to weigh, like, 320 pounds. I oh. lost 160 pounds. All right. So a lot there. A lot to unpack. So you hear what she said. She's never been on two dates with the same person. But she's also hooked up. She's also hooked up with ninjas and gave them the punani. And they backed out after a couple of dates. She also was a formerly overweight mastodon, right? She's lost weight. She's lost significant weight. She probably looks about 200 and something. And I can see the fat around her knees right there. You can see her legs are up. So you can see her legs are still big. And she looks small up top. But she's still probably bottom heavy. But what she's saying is she was the easy woman for Chad. She was the e Remember what I said. Chad's will slide up in her. And then they'll slowly back off. That's what she's experiencing. And because he's Chad or Chad light, she doesn't require more than two dates. But you, on the other hand, you're a five and six. You're going to have to date her. You're going to be have to give her a relationship. But she's been letting dudes get easy because she probably has some insecurities and such, right? She's not that attractive. She's overweight. So she let dudes get in easy for her own pleasures. But now it's coming back to bite her. She's heard about it. So go back here. 
She told her on herself. Yeah, here we go. Not, and not only Chad's, Tyrone's too. Tyrone's been beating that, beating the brakes off of this. All right, here we go. But there's something about her like saying that that really hit me this time because like I've never been on even like two dates with the same person. Like even guys I've talked to or like hooked up with, they'll slowly stop talking to me and then I find out they have a girlfriend or they get into a new relationship like a week later. And like when I was younger and I didn't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, I'd be like, it's cause I'm fat. I used to weigh like 320 pounds. I lost 160 pounds. It's not like I'm being hit up every day, every week, even every month with like people in my DMs or like messaging me on Snapchat trying to get with me. It's like, all right, wait, no one hits me up. All right. And so no one hits me up and she's in pain. You can see she's crying right here. Now here's the deal. You know who hits her up? Cold approach ninjas. And I swear to God, I'm not picking up on picking on cold approach ninjas, but cold approach ninjas will, will pick up on her and it won't be out in the open type thing. It's going to be when she walks around the corner, right? Or it will be like, all right, I, let me get your number real quick type shit. And these are the guys that are clapping them cheeks. So Dexter, little man, man, little, you know, little Mr. Mouthpiece ass ninja, ninjas, ninjas that play basketball and sports, personal trainer ass ninjas, them ninjas. The ninjas, the easy pickup, the easy Chad ninjas. All right, give me your number real quick. We'll do something. Okay. So. She's saying she never gets hit up in the DMs. She never gets good. And she probably gets guys on dating apps as well. Okay. So these are the guys that are getting those. They're, they're just easy layups. They easy will get you out the drought. If you're having trouble with your girl who's a seven, a six or a seven or an eight, she's an easy come up. She's a warm place. Okay. Do rag ninjas. Ninjas trying to get her to buy stuff. This is what's got. This is what she's dealing with. And she even admitted it. And then she's even open to uh, girlfriends as well. So you can see where her esteem is at. It's not even like I'm being selective with who I'm picking and like turning people away. It's just like people aren't coming up to me. I don't, I don't understand. Not like I have an issue with people like wanting to hook up with me, but if it tries to go a step further, they're like, absolutely not. There you go right there. And so uh, I, it's not like I don't, I don't care about, you know, I don't have a problem hooking up with people. But the minute she tries to say, hey, you want to make something permanent? And they'd be like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> nah, you doing too much. You asking for too much now. And so they bait and switch her. Then they run. They're like, all right, I beat it up five times. She asking for this. I'm out. And here's the other thing about it. Here's the other thing about it. Somebody says she's lying. Y'all really don't believe people. She is she is not lying, right? Why do people think this This is not a lie? She's, lit, she's literally telling y'all the truth. She let ninjas hit it. And not only does she let ninjas hit it, she, she let them hit it raw. Raw. This is the woman that will let you hit no condom. She is not lying. She's letting many, many men hit it raw. No condom, no questions asked. No pressure, no need for dates. Ninjas is hitting it. They skeeting in the guts. All of that. She is speaking the truth. This is pain. Trust me, I know women like this. <laughs> I know. They hitting it raw. And they walking in the door hitting it raw. No conversation, no nothing. <laughs> 
They just pulling hair, slapping ass, Roski. And she 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 ain't even she ain't even stopping it. She can't stop it. She can't stop it. She just go, I got this is what I gotta do. This is who I am. <laughs> Trust me. And they drop it off the plan B. This is what she has to do. And she's even admitting it. I don't really make it hard to even sleep with me, she says. But as soon as I put pressure and ask for more, they skedaddle. She is not lying. <laughs> this is the God's honest truth. <laughs> we go right here. I feel like I'm being selective with who I'm picking and like turning people away. It's just like people aren't she coming. Said, she said, I ain't even turning people down. <laughs> she says, I'm not even turning them down. I'm not even turning them down. I'm not even being selective. I'm taking who comes. She saying that, bro. I'm taking who comes. On Snapchat trying to get with me. It's like no one hits me up. It's not even like I'm being selective with who I'm picking and like turning people away. It's just like people aren't coming up to me. I don't, I don't understand. Not like I have an issue with people like wanting to hook up with me, but if it tries to go a step further, they're like, absolutely not, no. I don't want to just like hook up with random people that I don't know. So I'll tell people that I don't want to hook up with them until I know them. And then they're like, well, you're approved. I'm like... Well, she, there's the problem. She like, she cannot pull any, she has no leverage. They're like, oh man, you asking for too much. You lucky I'm here. She's the type of girl, soon as you, soon as you walk in the door, you close the door and you give her right here. You just grab her by her shirt, push her back to her room. She don't say nothing. She like, all right, I guess we're doing this. You get right to it. Take them big granny draws off and just. Soon as you roar right down the gullet, you finish up, you go in the bathroom, you wash up, and you'll be like, all right, I'll see you next week. <laughs> I'll see you next week. Oh, okay, you think we can go out this weekend? I'll see you next week. All right, I got to get home real quick. Good to see you. <laughs> For guys who don't know, that's how that's how she gets treated. And I'm not and I'm not telling you to do this, but that girl, you can see it in her face. That's how she gets treated. Look at her, look at her, looking stupid. <laughs> look at she's looking stuck. Oh stupid. That's how she gets treated. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> She be, she be in there wiping herself off in the bathroom, <laughs> jumping in the shower all sad, washing herself. <laughs> she be washing herself off in the shower, changing her bed sheets. She got to change her bed sheets. <laughs> Put all the towels in the dirty clothes, man. Oh, man. Now, tell me I ain't lying. Tell me I ain't lying. I'm not saying this is appropriate behavior, but I'm telling you, yep. She, she crying like Stewie at night. She crying. Hold on for a second. I'm sorry. 
She crying like Stewie at the end of the night. <laughs> Hold on for a second. Let me get back. Let me get my frame back. Let me get my frame back and get back in the character. Let me get back in the character. <laughs> this her at the end of the night. Jesus. Oh, man. Now I'm crying. Now I'm crying. Let me get back to the show. Let me get back to the show. Sheesh. All right. All right, let me get back to the show. Let me see here. I literally can't win. Why it's like hitting me so hard this time is the fact that she had the audacity to ask by choice. And I just sit there and I'm like, no, it's not by choice. When I was younger, I was like, oh, it's because I'm fat. Oh, it's because I'm fat. Once I lose weight, I'll have no problem. And now that I'm like not fat, I'm just like, what is it? What is the reason? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ring the bell on this. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man. This is somebody's daughter. Poor thing. Oh man. Somebody needs to tell her, man. And I, I'm the one that needs to tell her. Had the audacity to ask by choice. And I just sit there and I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not by choice. When I was younger, I was like, oh, it's because I'm fat. Oh, it's because I'm fat. Once I lose weight, I'll have no problem. And now that I'm, like, not fat, I'm just like, what is it? What is the reason? So now I'm going to finish my energy drink and hit the gym until I can't feel my emotions anymore. Oh, man. Who hurt her, man? Good Lord. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> Stop, man. Y'all get me. Y'all try to get me in trouble. Uh, Ninjas Lee, dude. The dudes that be poking her got the Tims on, pants around his ankle. He poking it right through the boxer. He don't even take all his clothes off. He don't even take all his clothes off. Now, let's just be honest. Let me, let's just be honest. She says she thought it was her weight. She thought she if she lose weight, that it would make a difference. Now, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. This is what got Kevin Samuels in trouble. But... Take a look, man. I mean, listen, we all have deficiencies. It was not just your face. There were some other things. I'm sorry. It was not just the weight. <laughs> I gave it away. It is not just the weight. It is clearly your face, too. And average at best would be a compliment. Somebody told you somebody is not being honest with them. Right, you're not being honest, and 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 somebody in the car. Oh, girl, it'll okay, be okay. It, it'll be a feel good story. This is too easy. And if I'm if I say this, then I mean, I mean, take a look, take a look at what she's asking for, and it's clear, it's clear as the nose on her face why she's being treated like this, and then perhaps she could actually somebody by twenty seven by thirty she can figure it out, right? But the, the reality is she's just being used sexually. It is what it is. She's being used sexually. Now, 
I'm not a person. I'm not a proponent of it. This is not a strategy that I teach. Although if they offer themselves up that way till they figure it out, it is what it is. I can't do it because she's in delusion. She's in delusion. But man, anyway, sheesh. Oh man, that she made me lose it. She made me lose it, man. God dang. Uh, and I'm not trying to be mean to her, but it is what it is. Let me check Super Chats right here. All right, Mark B says, hey, coach. He says, it's, wait, it's Air, Air Eritrean. <laughs> All right, stop. It's Eritrean. Shout out to He says, love your content. Thank you. He says, got to know how much. If this four ninety nine super chat does YouTube take almost all of it, pretty much. No, they they were gonna take they take thirty percent or so. That's the private investigator, right? Uh, Bob says he doesn't find her ugly. I didn't say she was ugly. <laughs> I didn't say she was ugly. Now is she pretty? That's gonna be no. Is she pretty? Okay, I'll say yes. She's pretty plain. She's not ugly. I mean, I've seen uglier, but she's pretty plain. And, you know, there's a lot of other things that probably could go against her. Some people don't like excessively pale, pale women. Some people do. Some people do find pale women attractive. Some people do not. All right. But she definitely has that going on. It would be similar to if she was excessively dark. Some people don't find excessively dark attractive. Some people do. But that can be a turnoff for a lot of people. It's the fact that pale women, didn't, pale people tend to have light eyelashes and light eyebrows, which makes them look kind of sick and gaunt. At times. So right now she doesn't have her mascara or her eyelashes on. It makes her look kind of weird or sick, right? That happens. And then when she's crying, she's welling up. All the areas around her sinuses start to flare up. And now you got you got the red around the eyes and the nose. It starts looking weird. When she's outside in the cold, she might look like she going to meet the undertaker at any point. So there's a lot of things going on there. She's pretty. Pretty plain. But Bob also says right here, he says, uh, they let you get back. Wait, they let you get in the back door sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. She probably doesn't stop people uh, from doing certain things sexually, right? She can't be like, no, nah, I ain't doing that. She's she's not the type of person that's going to be able to hold that leverage. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's where she is. And, of course, we're not seeing the total presentation of her. But here, I'm here to, Nebraska co-eds, I'm here to really just, I'm trying to tell it the truth and try not to hurt feelings at the same time, which is, which is you know, because I'm not trying to have hate speech. But there it is right there. She, she's the one with the problem. And, yeah, we don't even see her shape. She's disguising that, you know, and she's lost weight. But I'm sure it's not a pretty sight. And I've been in the business of people losing weight. Losing weight is difficult on a body. Because, um, you know, I actually, uh, well, let me just put it like this. Losing weight is difficult on the body. I know women that lost a lot of weight. And um, what happens is when they wear clothes, and especially if they're wearing fitness attires or pajamas, you can't really see or feel what losing weight feels like. Because the body doesn't look as bad. But when them clothes come off and or you put your hand on an area like a thigh, a buttocks, a stomach. uh, When you do that, it is soggy. It's It's a weird feeling. And that's what happens when you lose weight too rapidly. And it is weird. I actually, 
you know, just historically, I don't like, again, I mess with a chick like that that was like a pale redhead white girl, just kind of like that, that lost a lot of weight rapidly. And it was like, it was mushy. It was like a, you know, it was mushy as hell. It was like a weird feeling to the skin. So like it was like empty, a empty kind of a loose bag. So there's not a lot of muscle there. There's just a loss, a lot of lost weight and empty, you know, loose skin. And that's probably what she has too. And you can't really see it. But if you lose like 150 pounds in, in a year, man, there ain't no way shit is tight. It's a lot of soggy, really soggy. And so, listen, I'm, I, I applaud her for losing weight, but that's probably where her problem is. Guys before, guys before a nut will think it's okay. After he busts, he's going to want to get out of there. This is just a natural feeling, natural instinct for a man. And this is why we educate men. You got to honor your post-nut clarity because this is how you get in trouble with women out here doing this constantly, right? You think you desire the woman, but then your real true self shows up after you finish with her. Okay, then you start judging her and calling her names and saying she's soggy, like I'm doing, but I wasn't with her. You start telling her where she has faults. But again, also, that is what women should know about men. Not only do we have to accept that truth, men, men have to, I'm sorry, women have to accept this truth about men. The way men learn about women is through sex. This is how we really know if we like her. If we stick around after sex, we like her. We don't need to say much. If we don't, yeah, waterbed. Um, unfortunately, it takes us going there. <clears throat> it takes us going there to really know the woman. And um, a lot of women don't want to accept that. No, it's not that important. And he doesn't need that to learn. And if he does that, and what, what if I give it to him and he doesn't stick around? Well, he figured it out. And, he did, and you did too. He really didn't like you. He figured that out after he cleared out his pipes. Sometimes it takes that. Now, you know, he didn't like you. He really wasn't about it. Now, it is what it is. The post-nut Clary verified and clarified the situation. He really wasn't about it. He, he realized that he was just about to get that and he got it and he moved on. That's sometimes how men have to learn over time. Now, as he gets older, he will also know that and he'll be like, nah, it's not worth it. I don't want to lead her on. I know, I know what it is. It's my lust and whatnot. Shout out to Tony Terrell says, I seen too, but I was told not to quit my day job. Indeed. <laughs> All right. I seen, even though people don't like it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's a it's a real thing here. And if and if and my thing for women is you can't change men this way. What they want us to to not have that system. They want us to not have that. Well, you need to do better. No, 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 no. This is men. This is what this is who we are. You can accept us or not. Or you can actually say, I'm gonna lock down until a man marries me. But you can't keep getting mad at men. When you, if you accept what the truth is, you can keep lying to yourself. Well, one day there's going to be a man that won't treat me that way. Okay, good luck. <laughs> All I have to say is, well, good luck. I mean, listen, go ahead and keep being delusional. There's real men out here that aren't like that. Okay, good luck. You're still going to get screwed over. But, you know, this is when I say stay delusional then. 
Because I'm telling you what the truth is. This is what I would tell. This is what I would hope every parent would tell the women in their lives, including their mother, their girlfriends, their wives, their, their daughters. That's the truth. If you want to know the truth, instead of being confused like this woman, because she's here confused. What's wrong? What do I need to know? Okay, let me tell you how it is. No, it's not really like that. There's guys that don't think that way. Okay, good luck then. Oh, well. <laughs> All right, keep searching. Keep hoping and keep getting ran through. It, you'll figure it out at some point or you'll stay delusional. I don't know what to tell you. Or you can accept it even though you can, you can accept what it is and then act accordingly. But at this point, you can't claim that men are screwing you over. You're, 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 you're letting them know who you are. And most of the time, most of the time, men will have inter, intercourse with a woman and he don't even like this woman. He don't he, he can't stand her. He thinks his breast her breast stink. He thinks her punani stinks. He don't like her as a person. She's he's really turned off by her after he'll still penetrate her. He will still hit them. He'll still hit them skins. Yes, he will. This is how men are built. He'll hit them skins. If you invite him over, he'll come right over right now. And be like, all right, I ain't doing nothing else. He will go over there and pound it out. And he will dig deep and hit the bottom right quick. He'll, he'll have sex with you like he loves you. And he can't stand you. This is just how men work. Now, you'll never change that about men. <laughs> You're never going to change that. You're never, I don't care what world you are and you can wait. And have sex with 98 men to get to that one. I don't care what you want to do. But that's how men are. You can accept it or not. Now, if you, if you accept it, then you can adjust. You can adjust and act accordingly. <laughs> no man has ever told me my punani stink. Why would he? <laughs> Why would he? he he's giving, you're giving him unfettered free access to what he wants. Why would he ruin it? He ain't never going to tell you the truth as long as he has access to you. All right, so. <laughs> but you know what he's telling his friends? He's like, man, I had to put my shirt up. I had to put my shirt up to go in there. All right. When you was on your hands and knees and he pushed your face in the pillow and he's like, all right. And he went in. Now, I tell you the truth over here. I tell you the truth. You can be lied to. Or you can be out here delusional, or you can accept this truth and operate accordingly. Let's get back into it. Right? Why can't a man do that? Do you need to know why? If you're a woman watching my show, show do you need to know why? You don't need to know why. It just is. I told you why, but it just is. So operate accordingly. Right here. <laughs> Kayla says. Today's women are sex-only chicks. He says that's good for us men, not for them, though, as women. Yeah, because they'll just get ran through. And he says if they can't get compensated for their intimacy in the form of a relationship or marriage, they failed, plain and simple. <laughs> Somebody said, Coach, giving up the game. Hey, I'm about, I'm about being the truth, man. <laughs> I'm about... <laughs> Oh, there's a woman in here. I knew I would. I knew I would aggravate one woman. She couldn't help it. She had to jump on that keyboard. She said, "Please, 
please what? All right, there's one woman in here. I knew I was gonna act, I knew I was gonna smoke her out. I knew I got her smoked out here. Uh please what, Lindsay? I'm about please. What what please what? See, Lin, uh, Lindsay, are you a non-believer in my truth? Are you a non-believer? No, not all guys are despicable like you. Lindsay, please what? You don't believe me? <laughs> You don't believe me? Oh, she said, let us know. Okay, all right. So she's saying, let you let you know. All right, so there you go. I just told you. It is what it is. I just told you what the truth is. And Lindsay should know. She says, I watch you daily. Shout out to you. So she's saying, please let me know. I guess she might not, might not be caught up on the stream there. Oh, she says, I believe. Yeah. So uh, again, again, uh, women will figure this out after 90 guys, 80 guys. Look at her. She's still like asking me what, how, why, what happened? She's not triggered. It looks like she believes. Yeah, so somebody says, I want to believe. Yeah, it is what it is. But women will never think. They'll just try to find the guy that's not like that. I'm a, and, and you know what will happen? You know what's going to happen? They're going to find the guy that says he's not like that. Oh, I ain't like that. Nah, baby, uh-uh. Nope, I'll wait. And, and then what she'll get is slow pimped. This is slow pimping. He won't put pressure on her. He won't, he won't, he'll wait three, day, three dates for sex. He'll say, let's not move so fast. He'll tell her everything she wants to hear. He'll wait for six weeks. And she'll be like, maybe, maybe he's the one. Maybe he's different. And he'll just slow pimp the shit out of her, which I think is more egregious because what will happen is she'll open her heart. She'll open her heart up. She'll go, oh, she'll go, okay, I finally found the one that ain't like that. And that ninja going to do the exact same thing. But what he's going to do, what, he, what he's, what he's going to do is that, um, what he's going to do is he's going to keep that relationship going for a long time and never reveal the truth. He'll slow pimp, slow cook, slow pimp, slow cook. So he'll stick around for months and months and months where the, where the previous guy, hit that, and he was done in two or three hits. But what this dude was to open up her heart, engage her, do all of this stuff, act like they're in a relationship, and he'll slow pimp, slow pimp, slow pimp. She'll fall in love, and then he'll finally pull out. And then she really will be confused. She'll really be confused then. She'll like, damn, I don't know what happened. Well, you met the slow pimp. You met the slow pimp, and oh, while he was waiting for you, okay, she was waiting for you. What that got, what she doesn't realize is he wasn't waiting for the other women. He actually got a lined up. He got a rotation of women. He slow pimps. He got a rope, and I'm giving the game up, but I'm telling you, he's got a rotation of women. He slow, uh, slow pimps. So he'll hold out on three dates with you. He won't rush the sex with you. Why? He got other girls he has sex with. Oh, he's waiting for me, and he's so patient, and he's doing this, and he's sticking it out. He's not pressuring you. He don't need the pressure because he's going on dates with you and going to bang out the girl he already got lined up. He's dropping you off back at the house at 930, and he going over to the other girls. He's going over to the Lindsay's house at 950. All right, baby, thanks for coming out. All right, you know what? I got to run. I got to be up early in the morning. Good to see you. I can't wait to see you again. And then he drops her ass off, and he'd be clapping cheeks at 950 with this girl right here. 
This girl right here, he be at her house clapping the shit out of her cheek. Just pat, pat, pat. And then be back in his bed, in the shower, and in bed by 1050. <laughs> now, I ain't lying. And then he'll hit your ass up with the good night text. He get good night to good night to Lindsay. Good night to this woman. Good night. Made it home. Good night to the other girl. Good night. Have a good night. Just got out of the shower, getting in the bed. Mm. <laughs> All right, let me stop because the ninjas is like, shut up. Ninjas is like, shh, shut up. Ninjas is mad as hell. They like, bruh. Hey, yo, chill, son. Hey, yo. <laughs> All right, you see dudes getting upset with me. They're like, man. They with their girl. They girl like, you didn't do that to me. Nah, baby, nah. Nah. I don't do I don't do stuff like that. I've never done a girl like that. You did send me good night texts at 10 30. <laughs> they like, shut up, hey, shut up, ninja, shut up. Hey yo, chill, son. Hey yo. All right, all right, I'll stop. Let, let me get back to the show. All right, I'll get back on to these girls. You know what I mean? Let's talk about the women. You know what? Uh, let's talk about the women, all right? Ninjas is mad at me right now. Mm. <laughs> he said they thought he was waiting. Yep. They thought he was waiting, all right? Anyway, let me, let me. All right, I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. Let's talk. About, that's why I have to talk about women, guys, or else I'll have to give up the guy's secrets, too. <laughs> all right, here we go. He like, stay talk about these hoes, man. Stay talk about these hoes. All right, where are we at? Right here. Uh, SW says, you just described me with the slow pimp. Yep. It's that slow pimping. Slow pimping. It's a strategy. Where we at here? <laughs> All right. I'll get, we'll talk about the girls now. All right. Let's get back to the girls. World's coldest divorces. World's coldest divorces right here. Uh, let's get to the most expensive divorces. It's going to start with Bill Gates. Bill Gates is the world's most expensive divorce at $76 million. Jeff Bezos and Mackenzie Bezos comes in at second with $38 billion. Well, they adjusted it for inflation at $43 billion. They have a person named Alec Wilderstein. I'm not going to say what race, what people. We know I can't say that. Um, at $3.8 billion, Kanye West at $2.7 billion, Rupert Murdoch's divorce. That's got to be his fifth wife. $1.7 billion. Bill Gross of um, Pimco. His wife, I remember that, 2017, $1.3 billion, formerly of Pimco. Bernie Ecclestone. I'm not going to say what race, what people. We know I can't say that. Uh, with his wife, Slavika, at $1.2 billion. Steve Wynn of Wynn Casinos. With Elaine at $1 billion, Harold Ham, we're going to talk about her in a minute, at $974 million, $1.2 billion adjusted for inflation. We do have some people who I can't pronounce their names, but they look to be of a different races. Even Mohammed bin Rashid Al-Makdom, right there, and his wife, I remember this one, we told you with this woman, I think she escaped over to the United Kingdom to protect herself. From deletion, 70, 730 million. Tiger Woods, 710 million adjusted for inflation, almost a billion dollar divorce, and so forth and so on. All right. So uh, we'll talk about a couple here. 
of some crazy, crazy-ass divorces. And if you want to look that up, you can find that on Wikipedia. So if you, um, if you ever think that um, you've gone through a horrible thing in your divorce, well, wait till I tell you some of these stories. And some of these stories will be, uh, some of these stories will be review. I'm just letting you know. So these aren't going to be new stories that I dug up and so forth and so on. All right, you guys got it? All right, one of the coldest divorces there that you can see is going to be, let's start with this one. Someone suggested this one. This happened in 2016. Tycoon's ex-wife awarded 300,000 uh, 300, pounds settlement 20 years after divorce. Okay. 20 years after divorce. Now, 300,000 pounds is probably close to almost a half a million U.S. dollars, if I'm not mistaken. And this happened in 2016. And there the woman is there. And as you can see, she's a little bit of, uh, she's a little pudgy. Oh, the humanity. All right, she's a little pudgy. So here it is right here. Here's the story, the ex-wife of, and I think I actually, oh, what happened? The story, okay, it's froze up on my side. Okay, the ex-wife, I think I even covered the story. The ex-wife of Green Energy Tycoon has been awarded a modest lump sum payment of 300,000 pounds nearly 20 years after the couple divorced. Uh, Caitlin, uh, Kathleen Wyatt, age 55, first took legal action against Dale Vince, age 53, founder of wind power firm uh, Ecotricity in 2011, around 25 years after they separated. She had demanded a $1.9 million payout, but has been awarded a realistic, a realistic lump sum of 300000 by a high court family judge. Neither Wyatt or Vince, uh, they would announce the settlement here. According, since approving the terms of the settlement, high court family judge, Mr. Justice Cobb, said he was perfectly satisfied that it was reasonable and said Miss Wyatt was entitled to receive a modest capital award following the breakdown of the marriage. The lump sum payment agreed between the parties fairly represents, in my view, a realistic and balanced appraisal of the unusual circumstances in this case. So let me just tell you, I think they probably settled this case. But what happened was, in it was uh, uncertain how much Mrs. Wyatt will actually receive of her award due to the outstanding legal bills she piled up. The couple met as students in their early 20s, married in 81, lived a new age traveler's lifestyle. They separated in the mid 80s and divorced in 1992. Okay. In, mid, in the mid 90s, after the divorce, Mr. Vince set up a company which is now worth an estimated $107 million. So after the divorce, he set up a company. In 2011, Mrs. Wyatt lodged a claim for financial remedy, a.k.a. Uh, blackmailed him or tried to extort him. So she was like, hey, you owe me money. He was like, what? <laughs> it's barbecue in there. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, bitch. So he made it big. She then said, I regret divorcing you, but I cannot get back with you, so I'm going to stick you up. It was given uh it was given the green light by the Supreme Court in May in March of 2015, but Justice Laura Wilson said she had been unwise to pitch her claim at 1.9 million as the award um approaching that size would be out of the question. Mr. Vince, 
who had appealed against it on the basis her ex-wife had lodged the claim too late, said at the time that it was mad, uh, that it was mad in his opinion and could seasonal open se- signal open season for people who had brief relationships a quarter of a century ago. So he's like, what is, what is going to stop any other woman from coming out that I dealt with now that I got rich? Okay, so that, there's that one. So that's one of the weirdest, coldest things that I see here. Okay, put a one in the chat if you think she crazy and did not deserve that award. Put a, put a four in the chat if you think this award was justified. This is a shakedown. This is a shakedown. And this is basically her filing the case, okay, stomping her feet, making him defend it because he has to defend the lawsuit, and he basically settled. That is nuts. Wait a minute. It it wasn't. It was 20 years. They settled it 20 years after the divorce. Okay, let me give you the data again. They divorced in, they separated in the mid-80s. Divorced in 1992. He set up the company, and it had a net worth of $107 million. But then in 2011, which is almost 20 years later, she said, hey, give me my money. Mm. Then it was judged upon in 2015, and then finally 2016, they, he appealed it, but then he gave her a lower sum. Wow. That is cold. And even the judges, they said the judges in this case said this seems like the fair Remedy. Wow. Next wild divorce coming up here. Next one of the coldest divorces is going to be. Uh, let's see here. Come on. All right. So this one right here, we're going to go with uh, the one of the first self-made black billionaires. Bob Robert Johnson, formerly the founder of BET, which is the Black Entertainment Network. Let me show you Bob Johnson. Let's see if I can pull up a picture of Bob Johnson right here. Also, one of the first black owners of an NBA franchise, the Charlotte Bobcats, which he named after himself, Bob Bobcats, Robert Bob Bobcats, the Charlotte Bobcats, uh, Michael Jordan, also part owner of the Bobcats. And then they changed their name back to the Hornets when New Orleans, you know, anyway. Charlie Bobcats, one of the first self-made black billionaires, former owner of BET. He divorced his wife, Sheila. Sheila. He divorced his wife, Sheila. (laughs) All right. And Sheila later became an entrepreneur and an owner of the WNBA franchise, the Washington Mystics, amongst other things. Now, here's the funny thing about their divorce. Sheila... After her divorce, ends up marrying the judge that presided over the split, in which the split was in excess of, let me see what the split was at the time. uh, Let me go back to this chart right here, because it's on the list right here. Estimated $400 million divorce split, $651 million inflation. Sheila Johnson then marries the judge who presided over the divorce. Let me read it. 
BET co-founder Sheila Johnson, a.k.a. formerly Bob Johnson's wife, ex-wife, will get her groove back on Saturday when she wed Arlington, Virginia Circuit Judge William T. Newman Jr., the man who handled her divorce from former husband and BET co-founder Robert L. Johnson. <laughs> the wedding to be held at Sheila Johnson's Middle Middleburg, Virginia estate, Salomon Farms, reportedly will be a very country affair, costing Johnson an amount in the six figures. The color theme, okay, who cares about all that? It says right here, uh, it says right here, Johnson ended up, ended what she termed a degrading divorce from her ex-husband in 2002, becoming, sorry, sorry, sorry. It says right here, sorry, my reading. It says right here, Johnson ended what she termed a degrading divorce from her ex-husband, that would be Bob Johnson, in 2002, because his philandering became too much for her, she said. She first met Newman, Judge Newman, in her college years when they acted along each other, alongside each other, with the Reverend Negro, a revered Negro ensemble in D.C. Sorry for the reading. So they met in college. Then they met again when she walked into a Arlington, Virginia courthouse, and he was presiding over her divorce proceedings. After the disillusion of her divorce, the two began dating. Before Newman was appointed a judge, he played a minor role in a soap opera and served as a Democrat on the Arlington Country Board. Now, Miss Sheila Johnson, who has an estimated net worth of $700 million, is using her assets to start a new life, which includes becoming president and managing partner of the Washington Mystics WNBA team and owner of the Salamander Resort and Spa and to participate in very various charitable works. Now... I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you this. In many cases in law, if there is a previously established relationship between the judge or anyone in the courtroom, the court clerk, the bailiff, doesn't that make, doesn't that, doesn't that result in the judge not being able to, or the person not being able to hear the case? There's a previous relationship. I've actually had jury duty and I got out of jury duty based on that. All right. I was in the jury pool. I had to wait all day. I ended up by like, like 430. That was like, all right, go upstairs. We were waiting all day. They, we go upstairs. We're sitting in the box and they're trying to go through everybody in the jury pool. And this lady stands up and says, um, I know someone in the jury box. I know someone. And she stood up. I didn't even recognize her. Now, when she stood up, she pointed at me. I know that guy. I was like, what? <laughs> it's a conflict of interest. It's illegal. So she pointed at me and she said, I know this guy, so he cannot serve on this jury. And then she was like, I know him. He's my daughter's basketball coach. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. And now the daughter, I was the varsity coach, but the daughter was a freshman coming in to uh, play basketball. So I never knew her as a parent. I never, I would never put, would have put her together as a parent, but she knew who I was basically because I coached her daughter in high school. Okay. 
So at that point, she said, hey, there's an interest here, a conflict of interest. I know someone in this case. So this would not be an honorable case. You can't have that. So uh, I, I, I'm kind of using the same logic. The judge knows the woman from college. Then the judge letters marry, later marries the woman, the same woman, and then also oversaw the division of assets, right? Isn't that a conflict of interest? <laughs> right? That is a conflict of interest. As soon as he said that, I was gone. I was like, what? And they was like, juror, juror number so-and-so. They give you numbers. It was like, all right, Mr. Adams, your number so-and-so, you're dismissed. I was like, woo, I was like, thank the Lord. She said, so she wanted to serve. Um, she didn't want me to serve. It's a conflict of interest. So just because and she was like a court clerk. I don't know what her job was. She wasn't, she wasn't type. I don't know what her job was. I think she was like the court, the court clerk or whatever it was. She was doing some sort of records right there, but I couldn't see her until she stood up. So I think that is shady as hell. And that's cold as hell for the divorce. You, you preside over the divorce. You make him run his pockets. You go through his expenses. You award her a summary judgment and then you marry the woman. What? I don't think that's, they probably finessed the hell out of him. I wonder how soon after they marry, but yo, that's, that's, that's no way. There is no way. All right. That's a cold divorce right there. What about this one? I've shared these before. Remember I've shared these before. So if you watch my shows before, don't think, oh, you shared these are, this is old. Sugar Shane Mosley loses his championship belts to his wife in a divorce. Okay, older story from 2011. Boxer Sugar Shane Mosley and his now ex-wife Jen Mosley came to terms. They settled on a divorce settlement that included Jen receiving his three championship belts, each of which will be handed over to the former couple's three children. While losing his belts to his ex-wife is certainly embarrassing, Sugar Shane, he's also a coach gang member, will at least remain in solid financial shape following the divorce. The couples the couples uh, settled their divorce in California's community property laws, which upon uh, assumed that all the assets acquired during the marriage are community property. They're going to be divided 50%. Assets include everything from career-related earnings to credit card points. Yeah, it gets petty. Mostly, hold up, my bad. What the hell? <laughs> Hold up for a second. Hold up for a second. <laughs> I don't know what that is playing. Hold up for a second. <laughs> that thing what popped off there. There was something on that screen sharing, uh, playing. So let me just show you what happened here. Sugar Shay Mosley. Man, that was weird. So if you don't know, Sugar Shane Mosley is a former boxer right here, former boxer, former WBC champion. And actually, he was one of the only people to closely knock down Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, that was some prime music. All right, so I think, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he almost knock down Floyd Mayweather? He's probably the only person that has knocked Floyd Mayweather down. I think they, um, I think they counted it as a uh, slip, though. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know all my boxing history, 
But this is Sugar Shane Mosley. This is his wife, Jen, right here. Okay, so. All right, right there. Yeah, that was some prom right there. So this is his wife, Jen, or his ex-wife. And uh, there he is showing teeth. Yep. And so there's his wife right there. Now, I believe the wife was a manager. All right, the wife was, oh, Zab Judah, or was it him? He didn't knock him down. Okay, all right. Maybe it was Zab Judah. Okay, he put he put him to one knee. All right, all right, all right, shout out to you. And so this is his wife. I think she also served as some sort of manager to him. So what happened was she also, I had to close the tab, but I, I'm going to go off memory here. She also got the future sale and proceeds of his uh, videos. So if they sold any videos of his fights, she also got the proceeds to those videos because she served as a manager or something like that related to him. Uh, this is why when Ninja's like, hey, you can get a good woman and make her a part of your business, you're, you're crazy. This is dumb. This is, this is dumb Ninja advice. I keep telling y'all. Y'all be like, man, if you make her good, you make her a part of your business and she can work for you. No, she can't. All right. It's not a good long term plan. Because if you do and you engage when the, once the relationship breaks up, then she starts tapping into stuff like that. If you become successful, this is not smart. Now, nah, she'll be loyal and faithful and she'll depend on you for her paycheck and she'll also get them royalties. All right. So so she was able to get royalties from any of the proceeds from his appearances or selling of any of his boxing videos. Now, that's kind of out of the way now because we have streaming. We have streaming, so that's, you know, people don't buy videos and DVDs anymore. So that, that kind of takes care of it right there. Streaming has caused complications for things such as this. So she's probably looking at money off the, going out the window because of YouTube and streaming. She's not getting any of those royalties. So that's an example. She also... She also um, has, um, she also has requested him to get a vasectomy as a part of the divorce agreement. So this did not happen, but she requested as a part of the divorce that he get a vasectomy so that hit the three kids that she's going to give the championship belts to, he doesn't have any more kids that could cut into the profits that she would gain through alimony and or child support and or handing down any of his future earnings uh, or something like that. She could keep them to the kids that they have, that they have. Okay. So she requested that he get a, she, he would get a vasectomy. Now that didn't go through that. That didn't go through. That didn't, that didn't end up part of the agreement, but uh, let me see here. Shane Mosley. Just so you guys know, I'm not making this up. And yes, he is coach gang. Let me see your vasectomy. Let's see right here. And uh, for people who don't know, I'm going to just show you proof right there. Uh, Mosley asked to get vasectomy as part of a divorce agreement. All right, so uh, see, I am not making it up. All right, so it's right here. Uh, it says right here, Jen filed a defamation suit against Shane Mosley. This was in 2015, years after the divorce claiming the boxer caused her emotional distress and that her career as a life coach has been negatively affected by the alleged defamation statements. She testified at a trial on Wednesday, taking him back 
that uh, that among the demands in the 2011 divorce agreement, um, her his former spouse insisted he get a vasectomy. Jen sued Mosley after the boxer claimed that when he married Jen, she was still legally married to her first husband. And I think she also was a stripper, too. That's why he that's why he that's why she sued him. She's not the sweetest lady. She plays herself out to be. When we got married in 2002, she got married to some guy in 1995 and was still married to him when we got married. So um, it sounds like she's Filipina, right? So this is what happens to the Philip when you go to the Philippines. And if she's Filipina, it makes sense. If he met her in the Philippines, it makes sense because that's what happens in the Philippines. There's no divorce there. There's no, no divorce laws. So if you meet a Filipina chick, I don't care how old she is. It could be likely that she got married. It could be likely she got married at some point and possibly when she was younger. Now, since they don't have divorce like that, the guy's been long gone. He's been long gone and she, and she can't divorce the guy. But then you show up as an American and she's, you ask her, are you married? She won't say yes. right? And then you marry her and then you find out she was still married. This is common in the Philippines. This is common for us. Uh, she's Korean. Thank you, brother. Thank you for clearing that up. She does look more. But it is common in these areas, certainly in the Philippines, to actually deal with that. Because they don't have divorce. All right, so that's what you have to watch out with. But, um, and it says right here, she also was a former, uh, he also said she was formerly a stripper. And so forth and so on. That's where the defamation comes in. But uh, let's see here. There it is right here. Davis testified. Uh, however, let me see here right here. Shane also said he was surprised to find out that Jen once worked as a stripper, which she denied. However, the stripper allegation was corroborated by Nicole Davis, who introduced the former couple to each other. David testified, Davis testified that she and Jen Mosley were once friends and worked together as bartenders at a New York strip club. She told juries that Jen Mosley previously was a stripper at the same establishment. Okay, so remember we talk about trauma and women's experiences. This could have been when she was 18, 17, 16, 20. But, guys, you guys got to really do your due diligence related to these cases. So, as a result, he married her, didn't know who she truly was. She ended up going ape shit during the divorce, all right, and costing him a lot of money and then making him turn over his championship belts. And what she's saying is this, uh, by turning over the championship belts, let me go ahead and show you a picture. This is Shane Mosley here. That's him. He's the one in there throwing the punches. He's the one in there getting hit. And she takes the belts from him. And so that she can give each belt to the kid. My question is, why can't he give the belts to the kids? Why do we need to take the belts from the man? And is he is she really going to give it to the kids? Do the kids really give a damn? <laughs> like this is, but this is how petty divorces are. This is how petty they are. Like, what are, we, what are we doing? And so she takes the belt. Somebody said he's slow. Yeah, if you actually seen him, I saw an interview of him recently, and I was like, oh, man. I was like, damn, son. Like, he, he definitely been got hit on. He got uh, what they call it, punch drunk. He definitely been get, he definitely got hit. You can see now it's catching up to him. But, yeah, these are the low blows that they have, man, where they have these low blows and they go for the juggler. They go for the pain. They go for the, 
They go for the, give me your championship belts, like a humiliation. Like, give me the belt. Like, why do you need the belts? I need the belt. Give me the belts. Like, why? Why? The kids don't going to give a shit about the belts, man. They just going to put it up somewhere. He the one in there took the punches. He the one in there sacrificed. But now, I give me the belts. I want the belts. And then, they, and then, and then eventually, eventually, you'll agree. All right, you'll agree. You'll be like, all right, man, damn. All right, I'll give you the belts. But that's what happened to love. That's what love, that's the way love goes. World's coldest divorces. I got another one for you. Speaking of not knowing your background, I've shared this video, this story before. A millionaire, millionaire, New York surgeon claims he discovered his beauty queen wife was living a secret life as a high society prostitute. This is according to reports and court filings. This is according to the insider. You seen it here? I've talked about the story quite a bit. Um, and this guy right here thought he found love and he thought he found a beautiful woman. I always tell you, and she's beautiful. She's also a force, former Miss Connecticut beauty pageant contestant and or winner. So she's a beauty queen. And uh, yeah, she's a nice looking girl and he's a millionaire uh, surgeon. He thought he found a good one. And uh, during the marriage, during the marriage, she still was working as a high class escort during the marriage. Like, not before the marriage, not after the marriage, during the marriage. Let's go ahead and give you the story here. Uh, it's crazy right there. There she is, uh, Miss Connecticut, 2011. These are the stories I tell you about, about women who are models, beauty queens, uh, uh, all these things. They're, they're escorts. Like, uh, Instagram models, they're escorts. Like, don't, don't even wrestle. Don't think otherwise. Just go ahead. It's an 80% chance you're right. If you just assume they're escorts and that will make your life easier because what you're thinking is, man, if I just had a girl like that and she's beautiful, I will give you the sun, the moon, the star. I will give you everything. Right. I'm just telling you, just go ahead and assume when you see an Instagram model, a beauty queen, a high class model, and they're escorts. That's how they get around actresses. It is what it is. Now, you might be wrong, but there's a small percentage chance you're wrong. They all mahi mahi. They're all mahi-mahi. So let's go ahead right here. Um, and some women get out of that life, and you're like, why you stop being a model? She's like, she got tired of doing high-class escorting. Okay, that's what it was, but she ain't going to tell you that. Oh, I got tired. All right, she got tired of being invited to boats where she was just going to stand there and millionaires running around touching on her. All right, she got tired of it. And another thing related to this that I will remember it, a Manhattan spinal surgery surgeon is uh, divorcing his former beauty king wife after accusing her of living a secret life as a prostitute for wealthy men. In 264-page court filing in New York Supreme Court obtained by the New York Daily News, Dr. Han Joe Kim claimed his wife, Regina Turner, would tell him she was out with her girlfriends or traveling for work, but in reality was providing sexual services to men in exchange for money. Turner, 32, grew up in Connecticut and won her state's beauty pageant in 2011. She married Kim in 2015, and the pair's Facebook page shows them often on glamorous vacations around the world. 
Kim, age 41, that's the man, earned more than $3 million in 2018, and the couple lived in a New York apartment worth $6.5 million, according to The Sun. In court documents, Kim alleged, that's the man, he discovered the deception after finding messages to his wife from another man. So we also tell you, if you find a woman that is a 9 or a 10, just assume, and you see her, she's a legit 9 or 10. I don't care what race i don't care what body type if you say she a baddie nine or ten she's an escort of some sort there and if she's not she's traded monetarily somehow through a model agency an escort agency renegading through actors through dating they belong to the community Unless you met her when she was 18 and she walked across the high school stage and you jumped her right there and she jumped, you jumped right on it. If they made it past 22 in the modeling or any of these industries, they're monetized. Just go ahead and chalk it up. This will make your life as a man much easier. Do not fight me or debate me on this one. It's a fact. It, you got an 80% chance you're going to be right. 80%. There could be a rare exception. It could be a rare exception, but it is highly likely it's not an exception. Okay? Highly likely not. Now, you can fight it, but I'm telling you, you're going to lose the battle. All right? When you talk about football players, actors, rappers, entertainers, you're going to find out the hard way. Nines and tens are community property. Never try to wife them up. All right, so anyway. Kim, the man, I have to say Kim, the man, because his name is Kim. You might get confused. Kim subpoenaed his wife's bank records and discovered she'd received payments totaling nearly $700,000 since 2015, despite claiming to have no income. The document showed that a property executive from New Jersey wrote Turner regular checks totaling $185,000 and a lighting designer paid her $116,000 over six years through his company. Damn. They was clapping cheeks, fam. $116,000 on the junior college. He got them cheeks at least 100 times, right? He got them cheeks a, a lot more than probably the husband got. The other guy got them cheeks at least a dozen, a dozen hundred times. Like 185, that's regular meetings weekly, right, between both of them. In court records from January, Turner claimed she was completely dependent on Kim for financial support. So there, there it is right there. So she's trying to say, I didn't, I, I didn't have no income. He makes $3 million a year. I make nothing. Now, what he did was he said, nah, this don't make no sense. And he subpoenaed her bank records to find that she was having checks written to her by wealthy men then he had to make sense of it but what's going on here now i'm going to show you how she tried to wiggle out of it and describe where the money came from hopefully they'd say it kim's attorney said that the complaint for turner's completely uh committed marital fraud or material fraud upon dr kim by concealing her sale of sexual services in exchange for money prior to the marriage they added that kim would never have married turner if he had known the truth about her secret escort work. And uh, it says right here. In the complaint, Kim said that, that when he dated Turner, she claimed to be working as a fashion 
on a fashion app being developed in China, but in reality was using it as a ruse to visit other men. So there you go right there. Oh, I'm a model. I'm working on the fashion app. Bullshit. I'm looking on the app. I'm looking for investors for my app. Meanwhile, she was using it. I got to fly over here to meet this investor for my fashion app. <laughs> right? It says right here, Kim also said Turner lied about her educational background by claiming she studied chemistry at the University of Connecticut before, uh, before taking a leave of absence to pursue and participate in a beauty pageant. The Daily Mail found that Turner had not graduated from high school. Literally, dude, he literally picked up a skeezer. So she ain't even graduated from high school, fam. This girl was just recklessly banging out chads. Being monetized. Oh, she probably was monetized while in high school. Do we even want to go there? Because that's happening too. She probably started working the streets and working the sugar daddies and in high school. It happens, right? Doing some prawn, all that. Uh, let's see here. It says right here, Kim initially filed for an annulment in December and the court settled their divorce confidentially out of court last week. Mm-mm-mm. Man, it's wild out there right here. All right, uh, you want another cold divorce? I got two more for you. Again, these are all the ones that I covered before, but here's another one. British man learns he's not the biological father of his three sons. How did that happen? What? How did that happen? What that mean? There it is right there. A British man stumbled upon his ex-wife's infidelity in an unusual way through a medical exam and found out he wasn't the biological father of their three sons. When Richard Mason's doctor informed him in 2016 that he had cystic fibrosis, he also noted that his patient was unable to sense, unable since birth to have biological children because of the condition. The infertility came as a shock to Mason, who had or thought he had produced three sons with his ex-wife, to whom he had been married to for 20 years. He had raised them since 1995, believing they were his own, but they were the children of a former co-worker of Kate Mason, with whom she had a four-year affair. You don't know what real, what's real or what isn't. It's as if I'm living in the matrix, Mr. Mason said. Someone says to you all that you know and everything that you've been solid and true is not real and never did exist. You are not a father. You are not able to have kids. Your name will not continue. Mason, who was a 55-year-old founder of a uh, comparison site, MoneySupermarket.com, sued his ex-wife, demanding roughly $5.8 million. He paid her in the 2008 divorce settlement. He also wanted the matter of paternity fraud address, though it was unclear in what matter. His ex-wife has agreed to settle, but as long as she does not need, wait, as long as she doesn't need to name the children's biological father. All right, so she wants to settle the matter, which she did in exchange for 
silence. Anytime you hear silence in a court matter, that means somebody wants to keep the embarrassing facts away from the public. So she says, I'll settle, but I don't want to tell the world or list who the biological father is. She doesn't want to give up the info. And I think they settled for 400,000 pounds, not the 5.8 million. Right? Now, Mason's counsel, Roger Terrell, says, I think it, it was the major reason for her settling. I was shocked and surprised that she settled. I thought we were going to have a very acrimonious court battle. Now, remember, what happened was, what happened was, they got divorced. They split custody of the sons. And because of the divorce, he paid her $5.8 million. But then after the fact, learned that he had cystic fibrosis almost eight years later. After the initial divorce. So the divorce settlement was for $5.8 million, but that included child support and stuff like that. But then he finds out he can't have children. And then he goes and finds out, then confronts her. And then he finds out about the affair afterwards. You see what I mean? Now, here it is right here. She didn't want to name the father. Why? We don't know. That is why she came to a financial settlement in this settlement. Right? Uh, she did not want to name the father. But Richard very much wants the biological father to identify himself so that the children know who he is. But a source whom the newspaper describes as close to the family, said, the sons are not interested in knowing about him. And it says, the source also says that Mason's public statements about his ex-wife had shocked those who knew the couple. I assume the natural father, whoever he is, has not made any contact and no doubt doesn't know they exist. His ex-wife revealed she had an on-and-off affair with the boy's biological father having the first child in 1995 and the other two who are twins in 1999. Now, let me add some details that I also know about this case. Again, sometimes you got to see the signs and the red flags. In this case, the father... Um, the father, that guy, Richard Mason, he is not of Jewish or Hebrew or whatever descent. But during the marriage, the mother suggested that the kids have some sort of relation, some sort of, uh, um, um, I can't remember what it was, but it was something related to that religion that she wanted the kids to have, maybe a circumcision or something like that. Maybe something go through a, a religious ceremony. I can't remember what it is. Maybe a bar, mit, bar, a bar mitzvah. There was something weird that the mother was trying to get the, get the father to agree to. Now, he didn't know, right? He didn't, um, he didn't know why she was making this request. It didn't make sense. But I think he went along with it. Well, it turns out that the biological father might have been what you consider a, well, I'm not going to say what race, what people, we know I can't say that. Yeah. So there it was right there. That was the, that was the sign right there. <laughs> All right. So that was the sign. That was the tip off. He couldn't make sense of it, but she never, she never, yeah, the key. So I said the kids had Jewish last names and whatnot. 
You're like, what is going on? Why do you want to push that on me? Why are we doing this? Why are you battling this? And that's what happened. Another thing about this, another thing about this case, the children, the sons who grew up knowing, because all of the sons were almost adults. So they were all like 15, 16, 20. They were almost all adults when they found out about this. And when the father took the case to court, it opened up the old wounds. And then when he took the case to court, it opened up what? It opened up uh, public news about this information. The sons that he raised as his own turned on him. They basically shamed him for bringing this case forward and bringing it to the public. And he lost relationship with those boys, all of them. So he not only is he not longer any no longer their biological father, they cut his ass off from all communication and said, you're embarrassing my mother. Now I got to cut you. What? It, now that's cold, right? Now that's cold. So now they cut his ass off and sided with the mother. That's another part of that case. So you raise your kids all the way to that point in life. Of course, you let's just say he was the biological father and you lost your kids. A lot of fathers lose their kid at that point when the kids signed with the side with the mother. And then he finds out he's not even the biological and they give him the damn middle finger. Hey, man, <laughs> it's a cold, evil world. It's an evil world. We live it's an evil ass world. So when you expose your kids that the mom being a skeezer, they was like, you telling too much. You embarrassing my mama. Woo-wee! Man, men will give their lives, and they will throw men to the side. All right, last one, and I've told this story right here. Cold divorce. Harold Ham's ex-wife rejects a $975 million settlement check. Sue Ann Arnold seeking compensation of several billion dollars. There's the check. Oh, uh, it doesn't have the entire story here. But uh, let me see if I can pull it up right, right quick. <laughs> see if I can pull it up. Oh, she's also an attorney, I believe, in Oklahoma. See right here. So uh, let's see here. Oh, they don't have the check. Where, where's the story at? Is this the story? All right, so anyway, what it happens is, let me see if I can get the get down to the sharing here. It says right here, the ex-wife of oil billionaire Harold Ham has rejected his check for roughly $975 million, uh, a payment meant to satisfy a judge's recent divorce decree. All right, so the judge even ordered it. She was like, nah, man, I don't want that. I don't want 900, throw that $975 million check away. I don't want that shit. Right, this is crazy here. Let me see if I can get the story up here. Come on, play this. To, oh, hell. All right, they don't want to tell me the story I see. Let's see if I can put it right here. So she finally cashed it, but it says right here, oil tycoon shrugs off $1 billion divorce settlement given to his ex-wife as she finally cashes the check. The ex-wife of oil, Oklahoma oil magnate, was awarded the second biggest divorce settlement ever in the U.S., she finally cast the check. She initially rejected the check, 
which Ham said laid out for a week or so and said the judge had grossly undervalued her stake in Ham's vast oil fortune. She slammed the court's ruling as inappropriate and not fair, believing her ex-husband was worth an estimated $18 billion. So there she is there. So she's like, wait a minute, I'm only getting near $1 billion. He's worth $18 billion. So I need my $9 billion. There's the check. There's the guy right there. He's sitting there. Oh, the humanity. Ham said the famous check got the job done. Now she's moved on. But Arnell has other plans, although Ham's lawyer said the cashing, cashing the check nullifies Arnell's appeal. Her attorneys will continue to pursue the case. And Ham's lawyers aren't going to stop either. Ham filed his own appeal, claiming that the amount was too high and that he deserves some of that money back. Ham founded the Continental Resources in 1967, and Arnall, the woman, was an executive at the company. The couple were married for 26 years, but never signed a prenuptial agreement. Ham had already paid his former wife more than $20 million during the divorce proceedings. Arnell had taken ownership of the Oak Ridge Ranch in Carmel, California, a property the purchase, uh, they, they purchased for $14 million. So she took a $14 million property, a $20 million check, and was written a, almost a billion-dollar check, and she said, that's not fair. I'm not happy. <laughs> oh, man. Mr. Ham will take a $750,000 home in Branson, Missouri in a $300,000 log cabin that sits on 154 acres in Major County, Oklahoma. So he gave her the two homes that are worth more than the homes he took. Arnell made it clear she believes the marital wealth she was entitled to had been grossly undervalued. All right? The only spouse to ever score a bigger settlement was, okay, we don't care about that. Go back down. So they're showing the houses. Ms. Arnell, the woman, stated she felt that the decision by Judge Howard uh, to allow lawyers for both her husband and the Continental Resources to be involved in the proceedings were inappropriate and that it allowed them to double-team her. Oh, double-team her. Trying. During the trial, she argued that Continental's growth stemmed mostly from passive factors, such as raising oil prices, and under Oklahoma law, only the active portion of wealth accrued during the marriage is previously acquired assets is subject to division. Her lawyers contend, however, that the judge miscalculated what was due to her by attributing only a small portion of the $14 billion rise in the value of the continental shares during the marriage 6%. So she said, look, look at how petty this is getting. All right, there's another point she wants to make here. Uh, she worked as a lawyer for the firm Continental when she and Mr. Ham married. So she worked in the company as a lawyer and he married a co-worker. And went on to take on a series of executive roles at the company. Also claims that Judge Harrelson undervalued her own contribution to the couple's wealth. Most estimates have, okay, it's this right here. Let me see where she says right here, where she says she was involved in meetings. Uh, filing the divorce in March of 2013, Ms. Arnell alleged in court papers that her husband 
was having an affair, citing that that was the reason for the termination of marriage. All right here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was one part I wanted to see if they could, they mentioned it here. Okay, there is some political affiliations. They were talking about, she was trying to say that she played a role in meetings by when he was on the phone, she was near him on phone calls. All right, so there, there are some of the most wildest, coldest divorces. Yes, they all get ugly. And uh, if you've been in a divorce that has been less than these, consider yourself lucky. Right? Consider yourself lucky that you actually got out with paying the little bit of money you got out paying. Let me get to these super chats and we'll get up out of here. What a crazy, crazy world, man. Be careful with marriage. Be careful. With, and also, he married a co-worker. He married a woman that was involved in the business. You see, it gets ugly. And they probably spent way more in legal fees than she possibly was going to get in the divorce settlement. Crazy, huh? SW said, you just described me as the slow pimp. Slow pimp. Shout out to Deshaun Rose says 300K a month after 20 years. These divorce family law judges and lawyers will grant a deleted woman custody of kids, home, cars, and 401K at this point. There's no limit as to how far the lawyers will go. Yeah, there's no limit. You just don't know, man, and you don't really know. Uh, shout out to the 10th man. He says, Rob Big L Johnson got hit with the Montreal screw job. Indeed. Dr. Thunder says, dude, that was brutal. I can't breathe. I know, man. I almost passed out myself. All right. Thank you for your contribution and go subscribe to the uh, Dr. Thunder channel. Shout out to Robert Nielsen. That's why they call sex knowing in the Bible. Yes. Uh, knowing. She, she, and they knew her, and they knew each other. So once you have sex, you get to know the person. And uh, every man knows, every woman that he's ever had sex with, whatever she was before she laid down, she was two points lower in attractiveness once he finished with her. At least two points. Now, ladies, if you're dealing with a margin and you're already four points, you're already a five, Right. By the time he finishes, you're a three. So if you're you're this woman, okay, you're this woman right here, and you started off as a five. Once he done busted that nut, you're a three. At least a three if you're lucky. If you are an eight as a woman, you're now a six. And I'm proving it here. I'm gonna show you right here. Okay. If you're an eight as a woman. This is what you look like when he wanted to take you home and unwrap you. Unwrap that sloppy yogurt. After he finished with you, this is what you look like. <laughs> right? To him and even worse. So when you're trying to negotiate, when you're trying to negotiate and all of that, remember, you don't have your super suit on no more. Okay? So ladies, after you, like this is your super suit. This is your super suit. You did your makeup and your hair. Now, once you don't have your super suit on and you get back home and he done busted and you all curdle and you wake up next to him and you start asking him, hey, we're going to go on trips like you said. Hey, we're going to get married like you said. Hey, we're going to have a commitment like you said. Hey, you're going to move me in like you said. Hey, you're going to give me $400 a week like you said. <laughs> Hey, you're going to give me an allowance of $3,000 a month, like you said. Hey, I'm going to see you tomorrow, like you said. Soon as he busts, 
You don't have your super suit no more on. (laughs) Now he sees you for what you are, and he's like, wait a minute. Uh Uh-oh. He's like, "Uh uh-oh. I thought you was I. (laughs) Now you in bad shape. So, ladies, always put your super suit on when you out here, especially in the early parts of men. Always be looking like this, you know what I mean, in relative form or fashion. All right, don't be thinking like, you know what I mean, don't be thinking like you're still negotiating with hotness anymore. You're more negotiating with hot-ass breath, okay? (laughs) He don't see you as you attractive, as attractive as you were. Shout out to my man Cornell says, first it was Kirk Franklin, then Kerry Washington, now Kelly Rowland's mother all lying about their father's situation. And isn't it sad? Yep, we have Kirk Franklin, Kelly Rowland, and Kerry Washington. It's a common theme. Devontae Swing says, Coach, the only one on YouTube telling the whole truth. Free agent lifestyle for life indeed. Shout out to you right here. There's a there's somebody watching this. All right, there's somebody watching this. Is that's definitely mad. Shout out to Lamont James. Everything you said about XX is that. That's a 10 pulling chats of Tyrone by the ear is true. These women are community property and to mostly rich men. But that money in her looks keeps her in power. Her super suit. Chad and Tyrone brings the looks, maybe even height, but not that money a lot of times. Indeed. So, you know, you see Chad's and Tyrone's with attractive women. Just know that a lot of times they don't have the money that that rich guys can have. So, their girl can get got like that. Not always, but that girl can get got like that. So he don't have the leverage. He just got looks. He's just tall. But she knows he's broke. She knows he's like, oh, I'm going to stick around and maybe he'll get his, his weight up. And then she'll go out and go to the, uh, she'll go to the suites with older guys and rich guys and sugar daddies and ninjas with money. And he'll have to compete with that. So, yeah. And he'll get his nuts off and his rocks off on girls like this. So Chad's and Tyrone's, everybody thinks they have leverage and automatic, they automatically win. But no, when they get with women equal to them or more attractive to them, they don't have the leverage. They don't ha- when they don't have the money, it shows. They, they get got all the time. No government name, uh, JR says there's a show about a young, did I already do this right here? Yeah, I already talked about that. I already talked about that. So I think I'm done with everybody right here. So it's bad. It's bad for men altogether. It's all bad for you. And even if you're a guy that has wealth and you look like a pudgy Dr. Evil, you got it bad too. So you got the money and you can get the, the hottest girls on the planet to do what you want. The problem is you can't keep her. And she wants, she's, she, she's, she wants to throw up when you're on top of her with your hairy ass back. But you're getting the hottest girl. You're, get, you're getting to a place where many men cannot afford. Many men would dream to get there, but you're a billionaire. You can get her to do whatever you want, but she'll never be yours. She'll go to Chad and give her. So it's, it's, um, it's one of those things that you guys got to accept. No man has the perfect position. Let me just say this. Very few men have the perfect position. Very few. I know I'm doing these long-ass streams. Ladies trying to figure out a man. Wait, did I already read this one? Oh, he says, just accept that men don't need emotional stimulation to have sex like you do. It doesn't 
make men bad. Oh, he says, ladies trying to figure out why men can have sex with women they don't like, whereas you can't, it's a losing battle. We don't have sex emotionally. It doesn't make men bad. Like I always tell you, manipulation inherently doesn't make the woman evil or bad. It just works against us. They're using something that works against us. Same thing as men. Oh, men are bad because you could have uh, non-emotional sex. It doesn't make us bad. No. Stop with the bullshit. It doesn't make a man bad. It makes him who he is. Now, you have to compete for that man to stick around. You You now have to compete. You can't just open your legs and say, oh, here it is. He went inside of me, so he's mine. No. We need to stop with the bullshit. Anyway, shout out to Rob says the two girlfriend, the two girlfriend girl shirt tells it all ghost. Right. Shout out the ghost right there. I know, man. I I don't know, man. I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to do. Is that the two girlfriend? Who's the other one? Oh, it was this one. I don't remember, man. But look, man, I've been doing some long ass streams lately. All right. I need to get a light. By the way, I wasn't supposed to be here. I was supposed to be in court and it didn't work out for me. All right, they delayed it, so that's where I'm at today. I'm here with you. Shout out to the coach gang. We'll be back tomorrow. Peace.